Hey there, guys and gals. Vincent DeGerman here, Ben the Human, coming to you from the Sort of My podcast. Sitting to my right is Mr. Bob Collins, also known as Boba Fett. And directly in front of me is... This is James Odell, the man from Odell. Nickname still a work in progress. <laughs> hey guys, this little thing that we're doing, uh, random brainchild of Bob here, uh, this is where we're just going to talk about nerdy shit, like anything. Uh, comic books, movies, uh, trailers, of course, like uh, those release every two seconds. Um, TV and, shows. Uh, TV shows. Video games. Wrestling collectibles it's all gonna be on this podcast so strap in uh because not only do you have to listen to us three dorks but you also will get to listen to marnie riddle uh harley heartthrob cosplay enthusiast um who'll be joining us from the next episode hopefully on um and yeah so let's go ahead and get right into it right into the core of all of our nerdy obsessions and that is comic books uh we've done a couple test runs uh and we've already me and bob uh have already taken the reins so odo why don't you go ahead and start us off with comics uh got a couple different things we're going to talk about today first one i'm going to start out with is moon knight the new one that just came out uh, a week or two ago it it brings back to us Mr. Mark Spector, only this time it starts out, we see him in front of an Egyptian temple with Khonshu, the god that granted him his powers and somewhat of a identity disorder. Uh, he, he's in front of his temple, talking to him, walking in. Uh, it seems that Mark has lost his way. He comes face to face with Khonshu, Pulls on the hood, remembers everything about being Moon Knight. Uh, shortly after, we find out he's actually in an insane asylum. We see some orderlies walk in, beat the crap out of him, uh, give him a sedative, uh, electric therapy, shock therapy, uh, and then it moves on to him not remembering anything, being in kind of a, a common area, and watching something on the TV about Moon Knight, which to most of us won't make any sense because Mark Spector is Moon Knight. Uh, trying to mess with your brain a little bit. Yeah, so it was at this point in the book where I immediately start thinking something's up. So they have flirted with that throughout uh, throughout the years. Like, what, is he really insane? Or, is he yeah, really Moon Knight? Yeah, yeah, there's been the whole, like, um, multiple personality disorder mm-hmm. Uh, the disassociative identity disorder, all that has been throughout these books. Except for in the 80s, when they were just like, deal with it, this is how he is. Yeah. <laughs> and really, so, the, the only Moon Knight that I'm familiar with is, uh, I think I read the first volume of the Marvel Now uh, relaunch, and okay. it, it touched into it a little bit. Uh, your brother actually let me borrow it. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's it touched into a little bit of the split personalities, hears voices, not really sure if they're actually voices or if they're really these mystic beings or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool character. But he goes on to meet this guy, Bertrand Crawley, who is trying to convince him that he knows who he is. He's, he's in here for a reason. These people aren't who they say they are. And so basically that kind of starts a ruckus in the common area. They drag Mark Spector back to the counselor 
who begins to tell Mark Spector that he made up Moon Knight as a way to cope with his problems in life. I love their little <clears throat> their uh, little sketchbook that he's been doing. Yeah. He's supposedly been doing this entire time. Uh, some of the artwork in, the, in that book is actually kind of better than what's going on. Yeah. So, like, we see what he's referring to in the book. The therapist has a notebook of drawings and, like, little entries from Mark Spector, and it shows the Moon Knight... And it tells him that he made this up. He's been in the institution since he was 12. He has dissociative identity disorder. Uh, and Mark can't remember any of this. Great idea for uh, a Marvel what if to sidetrack. What if Moon Knight was actually the writer? Uh, Mark Spector was the writer of Moon Knight. <laughs> that would yeah, be really awesome. Grant Morrison I would, really, I, no, I would, would love that book. Right? Now I want Grant Morrison to write that. Well, I felt so robbed because a little while ago they, they did these what-ifs and they were just purely centered around the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, mm -hmm. I think there were like three issues. They did yeah. a lot all during them. Ultron. Too. Yeah, I, say, I think it was during, uh, just recently they did them during the Secret Wars. Oh, mm -hmm. did they? Yeah, yeah they yeah. did some of those too. Yeah, uh, And I bought the, the three surrounding the Infinity Gauntlet and I put like in my pool, like, give me all what-ifs because I assumed, like, they were running again. Yeah. Um, and then it ended, the, yeah, then it never happened again. Yeah. I never got another book and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so... Okay, we go back and we see Mark Spector lying in his bed talking with Khonshu. And Khonshu basically tells him to stop being a little bitch and get up and do something about the situation he's in. So we pan over to these, these two orderlies that were beating him up in the beginning. One is a, a, a white guy with glasses and a porn stash. The other is a black guy with a pick in his hair. I really feel like they went too stereotypical here yes. um but it works extremely that's what, although it's kind of clever because um it's so obviously stereotypical that like you think maybe this this asylum could be in his mind yeah because his it, mind he could be a victim of his own mind yeah well okay so here we see they get up because they Ooh, hear wait a minute, mark's though, that scream means mark's kind of racist <laughs> so Subtext. the orderlies run to his room and here we see him standing with what seems to be either a towel or underwear or something wrapped around his head with a moon drawn on it I like to believe it's underwear I that's kind of what I want just kind of twisted up underwear with the elastic and, band like, holding it together going along the left side of his face the front slit and he tells them they, they're like, why the hell are you screaming? He's like, I wanted to get your attention. I wanted to see your true faces. And when he looks at them with this makeshift hood on, they look like Egyptian... Cat people. Well, uh, the goddess uh, Bastet. The gods is, of destruction. Yeah, it's one of the yeah. Egyptian gods, the, the enemy of Khonshu, something like that. But they do. They look like giant cat people. And then Mark Spector goes and Super Saiyan God. Yeah, Mark, <laughs> Mark Spector beats the hell out of him, makes a run for it up to the roof where he looks out at the city and there's a giant pyramid in the middle of the city and these Egyptian cat demon things flying around 
Oh, and this and this two page spread is just—it's so good. Gorgeous. I, this is a poster right here. Yeah. Like I, I would not blame you if you took that out. Just who is the Who's the artist on this? Uh, I had a different very uh, Greg Smallwood. <laughs> I like that art. Yeah. So we see him looking at like there's sand all over the place. The city's kind of in ruins. I I think it's noteworthy that the further we go into him being Moon Knight, like, when they're trying to convince him that he's, you know, he's made all this up and stuff, the artwork looks pretty, like, straightforward, you know, <laughs> just, you know, generic car- comic book artwork, and the further you get into him choosing to be Moon Knight and him seeing these Egyptian uh, demons and stuff, he, it gets grittier, it gets, it gets more chaotic, dark. it yes. gets a little bit more, you know, yeah, artistic. Yeah, like, yeah. scratchier almost. And so we see... Hear him having another conversation with Khonshu, telling him, you know, this is the work of the god Seth, uh, and that he must be stopped. And Khonshu tells him to turn around. The new episode. Of... <laughs> Not to be confused with Seth Nixon. <laughs> It's just, just in general, it's not like, it's like the new god, George. Sup, bruh. Stick up on his throat, flat bill, sideways. Sup. Vaping. Vaping with a, vaping. With an open, unbuttoned shirt. <laughs> Name's Seth, bruh. Okay. Okay, yeah. So, Kashu tells him to turn around, and there, there's three of these cat demons running at him. Kashu tells him, it's time to kick some ass. So... He turns around, and he gets tackled. Like, Mark has no time to react. And I, I love it. It's Kanshu size. I expected more, my son. And so these these cat demons are, like, beating him, kicking him. They rip off the hood. And now they just look like regular orderlies again. And the city goes back to normal. And... He's he's like, I know what I saw. I know what I saw. Kanshu, help me. No response. And he's like, it's all real. Moon Knight, it's real. It happened, didn't it? And that's where it cuts off. So now we're stuck in this, is he crazy? Is he like, is this actually happening the way it's happening? Like, I'm really interested to see where this goes. And it was a really good read. That uh, I definitely like recommend it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't say that I'm not a Moon Knight fan. Uh, I just, I just haven't read him. Uh, yeah. Every time he comes up with a new number one, because it is one of those books where you do have to start from the first one. Yeah. You can't just pick up anywhere. Well, you're actually, from what I've heard, the the series that was just prior to this, it was kind of one of those how. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it was Marvel Now or... I'm pretty sure Marvel Now was the last... Okay, well, whatever the series was prior to this, uh, it was just months prior to this, actually. Uh, It was kind of one of those series, apparently, where there was an overall story, but you could pick it It up. It was a villain of the week. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Kind of like how, like, Batman 66 is, or, like, some of the team-up books are. Well, I know Uh, Spidey um, is a lot like that, too. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, I know this one is definitely one of those that is not going to be that way. Yeah, it seems um, like it's going to be like an ongoing. I know yeah. some of the older books are not. That's and that's why I've never really mm-hmm. picked into it too much because every book I ever picked up, I figured the older ones would be like what you were saying about the last yeah. run. 
Um, but no, I'd pick them up. I'd be totally confused. So uh, I never really read it. And every time, even now, like this number one is out, I could start now. But I'm reading like 20 other books. Uh, but you know, I, I am. Well, the thing is, luckily, can. Luckily, so. we all share the Marvel yeah. uh, digital account, and he'll upload all the content. Yeah, so you eventually um, can get to it. And I'm kind of with you. Like, I really don't know much about Moon Knight. He looks cool. He sounds like a cool character. He's always been like he's always been one of those Marvel Knights kind of characters. Oh, he's yeah. all really dark, which is like funny. a street he, level. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird to be in a right white costume on a dirty street at night. Yeah, <laughs> but it's comic books. I'm okay well, with it. He's I will like, he's. It. I think he's that line. Uh, honestly, I think he's that line between like street level, you know, gritty Marvel Knights, Marvel Max mm-hmm. type hero, and our normal Marvel like larger than life god esque type heroes. Because he does have superpowers. He does have these like over the top powers, and he's helped in many different events in the past with uh, outside of Marvel Knights situations. But for some reason, when he's written into those stories, those those grittier, more adult stories, he it, just it fits clicks. better. Yeah. Well, that, and that's just the kind of character he is. He's a he's a very dark character like he dies and came back to do the work of Khonshu but that book does sound really good like yeah uh, it was just just going through I I want to read it (laughs) (laughs) I'm like oh what can I sacrifice um and I can't (laughs) and uh so now gonna move along to the spider women storylines going on okay uh I've not picked up any of the other silk spider Gwen or spider woman books that have been out uh, with the release of the Spider Women event, I decided to yeah, give it a shot. And so far, it's been pretty good. Uh, it's the story of, like I said, just Silk, Spider Gwen, and Spider Woman. Uh, they decide to go out for brunch. And if you're not uh, familiar familiar with these characters, they came out during the Spider-Verse event a few years ago. Um, well, Spider-Woman's probably... been around for years. Yeah. yeah. But Spider-Gwen and Silk, they are. They're, yeah, they're the, the and they're ones. arguably two of the bigger characters involved in this situation. Yeah. So I, if you don't know about them, um, I suggest checking out Comic Story, and he did videos um, detailing all of the uh, Spider-Verse event. So check that out if you really want to know about these characters. Because they're, they're worth knowing about. Yeah, and the cool thing is, in, in the beginning of Sp- Spider Women Alpha, it kind of gives you a breakdown of each of their powers. Obviously, they've all been bitten by a radioactive spider. They have spider-like strength, agility, uh, precognitive awareness, stuff like that. Fertility, as shown by Spider Woman. Although she only had one. She only had one. There was just one baby, not a giant egg sack full. Sixteen different babies. So. And from what I can tell, it's a normal two-eyed... They missed an op- opportunity. They sure did. Yeah. But, <clears throat> so so we have that aspect. And the it starts out, they're going out to brunch. Of all things, they're going to brunch. Of course they are. And Spider-Woman <laughs> gets a babysitter... Oh because she just needs I, some adult time. I don't know what it is. Like even though like you know comics grow with you, it seems. And like yeah, you know, I've got two kids. Uh, actually, we we all have kids, so like yeah. we should all be able to relate to this. But to me, it's like 
I just heard Spider Woman had to find a babysitter. <laughs> and that makes you wonder what the rest of her storylines like, oh, are going to be about. I mean, so, sometimes really? sometimes it's okay, like I'm completely okay with big heroes or big characters having kids. I mean, we look at look at Damian Wayne. Granted, he wasn't around yeah, for that's different. Damian Wayne have, comes into his life yeah. already fully trained as. But we've also got Franklin Richards. But I think this is probably yeah. one of the first times we really see like. A, at least that I know infant. of. Yeah, yeah, they're dealing with a newborn. I, I'm not and saying still it's not influential. To. I'm not saying it's not pointing. Oh, but personally, it, 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 yeah. I, I have no interest. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, like, oh like I said, I really had no interest in any of these books until with, this event. If I were to deal with the entanglements of finding a babysitter, I'll just live my life. <laughs> <laughs> I do that anyway. Yeah. So, so they decide to go to brunch, and. It's not a normal brunch. They go to Earth 65, which is the Earth that Spider Gwen are, is initially are they, from. Uh, are they time hoppers now? Is They're that not what Web Warriors is about? I think so. Okay. But Spider Gwen, Gwen Stacy, is the Spider Woman of yeah. Earth 65. She has a watch that lets her basically dimension hop. Okay, I didn't know she had a watch that let yeah. her do that. Uh, she's like, she's like Captain from. Jack from Doctor Who type watch. Yeah. So okay. what the fuck is she spending all her time in 6164? Well, she bounces back and forth saving the day both places. Okay. She's Fair actually enough. kind of a wanted person in... On her own. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they okay. go. They have brunch, and a like we see Spider Gwen is being watched. Like at the start of her book, Spider Gwen is being watched, and every breath you take. <laughs> <laughs> like anytime she's Spider Gwen, she's being watched. But then as soon as she saves the day or whatever, she bounces back to six one six. Okay. So this this person keeps trying to track her but keeps losing her and doesn't know where she's going she just straight up disappears and that's why so when they go to have brunch and they find that she's back on earth 65 they send this giant robot of all things to well, yeah. attack what else would you say and it's the goofiest thing it's just a giant robot and i think it's silk gets so excited because she's always wanted to punch a giant robot in the face so they they get up on a rooftop they change into their outfits and they go and fight this giant robot while they're fighting it the guy that's been watching spider gwen takes <laughs> takes her bag and takes the watch Ooh. so now stuck. keep in mind we're on earth 65 which is spider gwen's earth her home yeah. earth yes so you've got to think Everyone has a doppelganger on this earth. Silk's family's dead. She splits off from the group to go find her living family here. And that just starts causing a whole mess of problems. She finds out that her doppelganger on Earth-65 is the leader of an evil organization called Silk, of all things. <laughs> is it like s Period, I period. Yes, okay. the writing room ran I was out like, of it. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it. But, like, they've caused an oil spill. They've We've used all spider references we can. We are scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I can't use silk. Put periods in there, make it an acronym. So, she finds this out and she's like, well, shit. And so she goes and visits her Earth-65 family, which sh apparently the Earth-65 silk, uh, Cindy Moon, just fucking disappeared. 
uh, three years ago. She just didn't bother to say shit. Yeah, just <laughs> disappeared. Not said anything. Like, even kind of, like, snubbed them anytime they tried to get a hold of her. Like, was basically just an outright bitch. She's a cunt. So, Earth 616, Cindy Moon is trying to, like, I, I've I'm heard sorry, that about. And... I've heard that about Silk, though. That she's, she's kind of a she's bitch. She's really yeah. a bitch. Well, like, Okay, by, a little bit of backstory on Silk. She spent 10 years in a bunker after she got bit to kind of protect her slash okay. protect the world from She her. got quarantined, essentially? Yes. Okay. So, I know more about Spider-Gwen than I do. Yeah. Silk, so. Well, on 616, she came back and her family's been missing. Okay. Either missing or dead. Uh, I can't remember what I read. And so, the answer so is yes. It's it's uh, Earth sixty five silk where the family's alive, and that Cindy Moon was a bitch. Okay. And left them and started this okay. evil organization. So this is yeah okay. All right. And then so Cindy Moon goes to infiltrate Silk the organization, mm-hmm. and because it's Cindy Moon. She can walk in just like she owns the place, like that Cindy Moon does. There's no difference between these people yeah. genetically. So she goes in and is really bad at acting like she owns the place, but makes it to the main room, steals a USB drive of information, and starts heading out. Runs into, of all people, Otto Octavius <laughs> and makes fun of this squid that he's holding. And he tells her it's not a squid, it's an octopus. And it's a live octopus. Isn't she just going to point out faults about a fucking aquatic creature? Right? <laughs> like, really? Well, this, like, was that cool necessary? Thing, this octopus Do you feel better now? <laughs> and wraps around him like his robotic arms, but they're real squid, they're real octopus arms. That's actually that is cool. so cool. That so, is actually like, in, Now in I want a what if with that. Like, yeah, I want like right. Earth Two. You know what I mean? Type of story with all these characters and their Earth. It makes Earth, you wonder whatever. why why Marvel never did like an Elseworlds type. Thing. I don't know. Like, they I think, have like they've touched on it some. I mean, the, a lot of things like sixteen oh two and stuff. I guess you could consider like and Elseworlds Deadpool, and then twenty ninety nine. I mean, they uh, they like all kind of they kind of have their own version of it, but I would like I would like to it's see not that. the same. I would like yeah. to see that. Yeah. So. We go in, it, in this last issue where it continues in the newest Spider-Woman number six, we see Gwen went to help her because Cindy called her saying, I'm in trouble. So Gwen goes to help her out of this situation with Doc Ock. Apparently, when they were trying to escape, there was an elevator and Cindy pushed the down button instead of up. And so Gwen is just giving her, her so Damn much shit over Cindy. that. Like, the worst we can web swing children. away faster than these guys could ever chase us, and you press the down button. So, they go, and so Spider-Woman goes to find her doppelganger to find out, because they find out that the Jessica Drew of Earth-65 is the one who took the watch. And something I probably should have said before is they they found Reed Richards to make them a portal... Back to Earth six one six. Great storytelling. Yeah, that is that is a big. <laughs> that, that's a that's, that's a, a pretty factor. big thing I yeah. forgot to mention. I also forgot to mention that Reed Richards is also like a thirteen year old black kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it's Be because friends with Jimmy the, Olsen. <laughs> because um, uh, Reed Richard the the main Reed Richards is off 
creating galaxies because him and his family are basically gods after the uh, Secret Wars event. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, okay. Uh, wow. So it was interesting. Way to bring Reed Richards back in. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of cool. So they they come back and uh, Jessica Drew goes to her home on Earth sixty five, finds out that her doppelganger is actually Jesse Drew, a man. He mm-hmm. works for Silk, and he's the he's the agent that took the watch. Did they hook up and all that? Did, did no, no, because because uh, when oh, oh, when he oh, oh, took oh. that watch, Narcissus. he went to six one six. So like a lot is happening in this, and like it's it's been hard for me to keep it all straight. Yeah, uh, like, there's a lot going on, but like if you read it straight through, it, it's really cool. And so they get back, and Richards has this portal built for them, and of course. Cindy, not being a very mature individual, is like, is it made out of Legos? You made this out of Legos? Like, I'd be like, more impressed criticizing him. Legos. Yeah. And it's like, well, he's like, I had to make age. this out of spare parts I found in your garage. You know, I thought you'd be more impressed with the fact that there's an interdimensional portal here, but you know. <laughs> I would be more impressed if it was made from Legos. Yeah. So, That's all I'm saying. So Jessica Drew is all about getting home because by this point, she's been three days away from her kid. Yeah. And so she's just all about walking through this portal. She walks through the portal and screams, pokes her head back through, and is like, just kidding, after she freaks out Gwen and Cindy. Oh, my God. And, move. <laughs> it was actually kind of funny because they were those two were hesitant to go through they're yeah. like they don't trust it because it looks janky and shit well uh, it may be because I'm not familiar enough with that character but if like if I had been reading this book that part would have annoyed me so much it would have been like I thought some shit was going down you're just being a bitch <laughs> I'm like damn it uh, so they get back to 616 Cindy wants to go back to 65 where she still has a living family. And so Jessica grabs her and is like, you know, when when it's time to be a hero, you pull up your big girl pants and, like, just starts giving her this little bit of a speech. Pull up your Wonder Woman under roots. And then the portal closes. And she's like, okay. And then just walks away mid-sentence. She's like, wait, what? She's <laughs> like, I was just distracting you until the portal closed. And then they get in a cab and they're like, you know, we need to figure out what Jesse Drew has been up to these three days on Earth 616. So, granted, I bounced all over the place talking about it, but... Reading. But then again, it, it's uh, like it's more it or less how the book. Well, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta think though, it's spanning three different series right now. Yeah. So it's Is gonna it not be spanning four. Well, okay. There's Spider Women Alpha, and then it's gonna end with Spider Women Omega. Yeah, but it's the, like the book the, ends. Yeah, oh, the story okay. is contained in Silk Spider Woman and Spider Woman. Okay. So like we kind of get a little bit more focus on the individual characters in their own books, and it. But it spans through all three of them. So far, I've been impressed with it. I've I've enjoyed it. Um, it sounds interesting enough. Like, um, not as interesting as Moon Knight. Um, but it it's also one of the main reasons I've kind of stuck with only two Spider books: uh, Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man, which focuses on Miles Morales. 
Yeah. Um, well, and the other reason I got these is, as you can see them hanging up there, the J. Scott yeah. Campbell covers are connecting covers, and they make yeah, a and they look really and nice. And they're really good. All together. You so, need to get a frame. Sorry, is that the giant, the, 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 the robot? Yeah, that's is that the, the giant, giant robot? robot that they fight. It's so generic looking. It yeah. kind of reminds <laughs> me of the, the robot that's on the new... Uh, but it's kind of like Legends a maze Yeah. It, it adapts to spider powers. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it's one of the, those things that it's why I didn't read the Spider Verse event because I was like, I know there's just too much. When going the trade on. comes out, I would recommend that. Yeah. Uh, for me, the the big selling point was the connecting covers, mm-hmm. and I read the story, and I liked it, so I'll probably pick up the trade. Uh, but I'm interested to see where it goes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Well, moving on to uh, to comics of uh, another variety. Uh, I'm mostly talking about Marvel today, but um, there is a pretty... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say a pretty pivotal DC one uh, in there. But first I want to talk about uh, one of the most anticipated books of the Star Wars franchise. It was announced um, before the movie even came out, yeah. uh, around the time that the, the first few issues of the main run... Uh, we're coming out, and that is Star Wars C-3PO. It was you even might... mentioned in the Blu-ray bonus features. Yeah, for, yeah, uh, it was. But Lincoln's. you might not recognize him on the cover because of the red arm. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that yeah and, that, and that is why it was uh, one of the more anticipated ones, because it's supposed to explain how um, C-3PO got this red arm that he sports in the film, and then all of a sudden at the end he doesn't have it, because uh, he, he gets it repaired. Gets a gets his main arm back, but um, the reason I want to talk about this uh, not necessarily because of all the hype that was for it, but because of the big letdown of the book. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, does that say the Phantom Limb? Yes, yes, yes. the The book is called C three PO the Phantom Limb, uh, and for any Star Wars fans, that's hilarious. <laughs> Um, but basically, uh, it it's C-3PO and this gang of ragtag, uh, ragtag, uh, random droids, uh, medical droid, construction droid, um, and I think there's another, um, I think there's another type of, uh, service droid with them, uh, supposed to be one of Leia's right-hand men, or at least like it. Anyways, uh, they crash down on this planet, and I don't even think they say what planet it is, but they crash down on this planet en route from a mission uh, to obtain another protocol droid called, uh, let's see, PZ-99. Uh, and this is a, an Empire droid that has information that they need. Uh, and... They crash down on this planet, and it's basically just filled with horrors. What are uh, those space spiders? <laughs> yeah. filled, filled with what? Horrors. Okay. Uh, horrors. Okay. Horrors. Okay. Um, I thought I needed to move. Uh, one of the first things that happens uh, when they crash down on this planet is uh, PZ-99 gets all existential on them, uh, talking about how um, they fill their roles, yet they're self-aware. They're allowed to question, but they're programmed to do. Uh, and how fucked up that is. <laughs> um, and that carries on throughout the entire book. And then 
they get attacked by space spiders. I mean, really, like, that that whole sequence of words I just said is more or less the book. Um, they, they end up killing the, the space spiders. Um, one of them ends up dying. Then they make it a little further. PZ-99 gets a little existential again. They get attacked by some other space fucking shit. Another droid dies until it's down to um, just C-3PO and PZ-99. Do they, do they like eat each other because they ran out of food? Because I really want to see C-3PO become a Kinda. cannibal. In a way. Really? It turns out the rain on this planet is acid. It's ah. just acid. <laughs> So they're like they're so close to uh I think it's a homing beacon that they're trying to find so that they uh, they can send for help. So they're so close and then it starts to rain. Um and during this issue C3PO and PZ99 have bonded somewhat um over the fact that uh, due to PZ99 uh being so existential not to not to overuse the word but that's really the other like that's that's what he's been um c3po is having a hard time keeping down the fact that he does remember some things from the old days from uh before the empire and everything yeah because it turns out these mind wipes they don't really get rid of everything it's kind of like kind of like delete it but it's not out of your recycle yeah it's like like when you delete something from your recycle bin but it's it's still in there it's still in there um so he still gets flashes and all that of uh anakin of being built of a pod race of all these things um and he mentions them so they sort of bond over that and they take cover from the rain and it gets to a point where PZ-99 has changed his mind uh, and decided to uh, upload all of his data to C-3PO and then go activate the beacon, sacrificing himself in this acid rain. Um, And then as soon as he steps out, the acid rain starts washing uh, washing away his paint job and it turns out he has red primer. And he even makes mention of that that he never knew that he was red underneath. Hmm. Um, underneath it all. <laughs> underneath it all. So it goes out, he activates the beacon, and uh, all that's really left to salvage is the arm, which is now exposed red primer, and Poe picks them up, and, oh, not Empire, I'm sorry, First Order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah First Order. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, um, I'm still adjusting. Uh, anyways, picks up this arm and they have it reattached because earlier in the book C three PO lost his. Um, so so essentially he kept the arm as like a he it was a, a fallen tri- it was a fallen droid brother and he's like but it does yeah. fit and I happen to be missing that exact you mean the left side let's throw it exactly on. it's it's a tribute to a guy he bonded with uh, within uh, what. Uh, the matter of a, a few couple, hours of getting annoyed it like a couple as hours, fuck. It seems. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's the thing. They they lead lead you to believe that C three PO has just been annoyed by him this entire time, and you you find out why. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why is so much more reason for them not to bond, <laughs> and they end up doing it anyways. Um, so, so. Uh, 
So basically, this this book was a huge disappointment. <laughs> so, what, so what eventually happens to Yarn whenever he gets his new one back at the end of The Force Awakens? Says he like, uh, well, you've got fuck me, that droid. Let's throw this <laughs> well, in the trash. Well, at the end of this compactor. book, he does say that uh, he'll keep it for a time. Like, nothing <laughs> just, specific. But. You know, I like the guy. <laughs> I just went on to it because it was like, you know what, bro? Thanks for running through this. Exactly. Like, thanks for sacrificing but yourself. At the same but time, I'm, he's I'm so not going to be a hoarder and pack us around throughout the galaxy in now. In C-3PO, he is pretty self-centered, and I, I don't think him of all characters would want a red arm Absolutely for the longest time. He'd have to eventually get it replaced. But it was, I, I feel like it was a disappointment because... Um, I don't know. It's it's built of strip tro- uh, strip toss droids. Um, it introduces monsters we'll probably never see in anything it, else again. It kind of feels like a story that like I will forget about. Exactly. Right? It's it's just meant to be there to give them an explanation for the red arm, and uh, I feel like that's because maybe J.J. Abrams did it and didn't really come up with a reason why and it was up to these guys to to just make something it kind of feels like it because it doesn't like i said nothing really exciting happens in that book like it 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 seems like it it seems like it wasn't a bad read but also i don't it's actually still sitting in my pool because (laughs) i've just been putting it off for the past few weeks because I I've honestly haven't been that interested. I really interested. I really don't think that you you so much need this book. I think the only reason <laughs> I'm gonna pick it up is because I have a one of the variants in there. And I, yeah. Uh, I, well, the artist Tony Harris is another problem that I have here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know I why. Like I don't mind. I like the art, but I'm not really. I don't like it with. I don't like it in this universe. Star I don't like it. It's yeah. too seventies adult cartoonish. Um, I, yeah, yeah, it, it's it does not work for Star Wars whatsoever. If this were, um, I don't know, if this were a Deadpool book, that'd be one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could definitely see this type of artwork applying to it, but uh, just dealing with these droids, C three PO and um, PZ ninety nine alone seem to be colored and drawn differently than everyone else and i don't know if it's because they're supposed to be shining or what but it's just they, it's they, they feel like the door you're supposed to go through in a video game when it's a little more rendered and polished looking exactly. compared to everything else in the back honestly as a star wars fan someone who loves the marvel star wars comics i don't think anyone needs this book uh quick google search now that it's out will probably uh take care of any concerns you had for it uh, moving on from that, uh, which really is a huge disappointment. Like I said, I love Star Wars, and uh, this is the first book where I've been like, meh. <laughs> so, moving on from that, onto something I absolutely adored, 100%, and that is Wonder Woman Earth One Volume One. Um, the, from what I understand, this uh, series of books, these Earth One books, have just been on fire. I know that Superman's a very popular book. Um, Batman, I've never really heard anything about since it came out, uh, but I'm sure it's good. It's um, and actually, if I'm not mistaken, I'm like 95% sure the next Earth One that's coming out is a Teen Titans Earth One. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like, I'm not uber excited about it, but I'm probably going to pick it up. Uh, like, if, if, if I'll probably read it when you do. If it, were, <laughs> yeah. if it were up to me, I'd probably pick Green Lantern. But, oh, yeah. Uh, um, or Flash, even. Anyways, um, 
Earth One is basically a re- reimagining of these heroes, um, somewhat putting them on more of an urban level. I know that Superman uh, is a lot towards that, uh, putting him more on the ground than up above us. Batman is more of a grittier, like, he's still a billionaire. Uh, but I do know that he he gets in the shit. Yeah, and I know like the Alfred in the that beginning. is where uh, like the like the badass MI6 agent yeah type of Alfred came from. Like from uh, uh, like from the one in Batman vs Superman. Batman vs Superman yeah. uh, Gotham's Gotham. yes. Alfred's kind of like that, and uh, that's one of my favorite. Oh, there was Gotham. another one I can't remember. Oh, uh, the Batman, I believe. One of the animated yeah. shows he was. He was a badass. One yeah. of the newer ones that I didn't watch. But um, Well, this book uh, basically tells uh, a newer version of Wonder Woman. Not so new, really, honestly. It's it's, it's ki- pretty close to the original origin. Yeah, and it's, it seems like he, Grant Morrison, like he always does with stories and with characters in general, is pick through everything from their history. Like, yeah. everything counts. You mean? Yeah. And this one is a little harder to get urban with because it's Wonder Woman. She's uh, yeah, she princess Amazon. of the Amazons. Uh, you know. Um, and as you'll find out later, she's half god. And I love how they break the panels up in, in some of the... Yeah. Uh... Uh, the artwork in this is great. Uh, just... Uh, who is this? Yannick Pack. Uh, I have no, I would slaughter that name. Yannick Paquit is what I'm going to go ahead and oh, say. Oh, and by the way, I looked up, we talked about this for you. Uh, you said that you felt like all the art in the Earth One books felt similar. You're wondering if they're the same yes. artist. So it's not the same artist, but you're right. It does look very similar. Yeah, it all does look really, really similar. They they go together mm-hmm. well. Um, but Yannick Paquit uh, is what I'm going to call him. <laughs> he does this great. Uh, just classic style uh, for any 90s reader, I want to say. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel like it's a early 2000s, late 90s Batman type piece yeah, yeah. of artwork. And, uh, and he separates each panel, uh, not with necessarily your classic black and white lines, but with uh, imagery. What uh, is that? Would it be like a Greek... Um... Yeah, and it always pertains to what's going on yeah, at because, that time. Yeah, right now at the beginning, what we're looking at is the very beginning of the book, and it, it's kind of telling a uh, history of... Hippolya. Hippolya and Hercules. Yeah. And so so all of the, the panel breaks and all the, the border is in a Greek... Uh, I'm not sure really what you uh, call that. Uh, just Lace? a Greek style, yeah. <laughs> like uh, what, yeah, you, just, what you would see, like around the edges of like the pillars and like around. yeah. And there's some like you know like uh, statuesque artwork and yeah. stuff in the corners and uh, and all that separating it. But okay, more about the story because <laughs> we can gawk about uh, we can gawk, gawk about the artwork all day. But um, the story begins with Polia under Hercules's uh, chain. And all of the Amazons have been uh, locked up. And Hercules is forcing Hippolya to tell them that she is their slave queen. Um, and that they will fall under the fist of man. Um, and so he's got her down on a knee and pulls her up to him. And she starts to seem to respond to him. Um... And they're about, and, and wow, Hercules is a scene with yeah. his tongue out. Uh, they're about to make out, and it looks like Her- Hercules is 
it's it's, it's, it's kind of a disturbing <laughs> image. It, like, there's he, nothing yeah. really vulgar about it. It's just the look on his face. I you can like tell his it's very. Tongue is about to go down her throat. It's like, very. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, he's telling her to tell them uh, what Hercules has made them, and she says Hercules has made me patient, and then she kills him. She fucking wraps his chain she around pulls, She neck. pulls a Princess Leia on Yo, Jabba yeah. is what she does. Oh, yeah, she, she Jabba's him all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she she wraps her chains around his neck, breaks his neck, chokes him out, and then breaks the chains and says no more. No more. Um, she frees the Amazons. They take on... Um, they look like Spartan... Or Roman warrior, more Roman. Yeah. Uh, I I think these are are. I think they're all Hercules sort of men, and uh, yeah, they're they're Hercules men. They're never really given a name or anything, but uh, they kill them all. Yeah, they kill them all. <laughs> they they kill them all. Um, and then Hippolya declares that they will no longer suffer the uh, evils of man's world, and they are retiring from it forever. And then the book jumps. 3,000 years later uh, on Paradise Island uh, where they have created their own world uh, disguised and veiled from man's. Um, Hippolya is pretty pretty upset at this point because her daughter is being brought to her in chains. Uh, Diana, a princess of the Amazons. Also, make note that she's wearing makeup that apparently is the first time um, these Amazonian women have seen makeup. They, yes. they actually make a mention of it. Um, yeah, they they actually shame her for it uh, because at, at this point they believe that it's a way for man to mark woman, uh, woman, um, and that their natural beauty is is disguised by it, but. Wonder Woman is being put on trial uh, for leaving uh, Paradise Island. Uh, and Wouldn't she instantly be guilty of that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, more or less. It's like, uh, I didn't leave. Bitch, we know. Um, but I guess it's kind of like anything. You still have to go yeah. on trial. You could have murdered somebody right in front of... Uh, and really, this book goes back and forth in mm. flashbacks from her working with one of their scientists, uh, Dindra, on the healing ray that they've got, uh, and then jumps to points where she's talking to her mother, uh, disturbing her from looking through a mirror that shows uh, man's world. And I think it's newscasts, but they never really show you any news anchors. Like it so, looks like like the twin towers almost. Right yeah, and then one. you get a little audio uh, with it. Or, well, you get speech bubbles uh, <laughs> that are supposed to be the audio from the mirror. Um, Wait, are you ta- from comic books? Talking about what's happening on the mirror. So I assume it's newscast that she's she's bringing in, and she has to shut it off quickly because she's been hiding this more or less from her daughter. Um, they talk about how Wonder Woman wants to uh, compete in the games, but that Hippolya feels it's unfair because of her uh, her enhanced strength. She is being told that she's made of clay and blessed by the gods, which is why she's so much stronger and faster than all the other Amazons. 
So that conversation basically goes nowhere because it ends up in her being forbade to enter the games. And and, and make note that it, it, every time they do a flashback, everything is prior to the trial. Mm-hmm. And then yes. when it, it goes back to present day, present day is during the trial. Yes. So some things are, are things that she remembers, some things are the... Uh, the witnesses' testimonies. Exactly. Is she tied up with her lasso there? Well, she's t- she's bound by the chains, but the lasso is meant to keep her telling the truth. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is the only reason they have the lasso in play. So they go into uh, another flashback during a. Uh, Looks like, oh, what, like a. Uh, what is that? Yeah. Like a trial, not really trial, but a uh, like a, like a competition almost for like a. Or like the Wonder Woman of the island. Yeah. Um, well, there's a there's a celebration beforehand um, that they're having, and I can't I can't remember what it's called for the life of me. But anyways, uh, Wonder Woman disrupts this celebration the evening before the uh, challenge of the Wonder Woman, which is what I'm going to call it. And <laughs> <laughs> um, and she shows up wearing Hercules's lion mask. And claims to be Hercules and daring them to, to find her. And she runs off into the woods. <laughs> uh, she runs off into the woods laughing. And apparently she's been up to this year after year. And for 3,000 years, they haven't found her. So um, they're getting mad. And Wonder Woman's dropping like little taunts uh, using these flowers that smell like perfume. And dropping them over top of them, uh, making them angry. And... She eventually finds her way to the beach where she finds Steve Trevor, um, who is uh, coming out of the water from this wreckage um, and collapses in front of her. Um, Let's see here. Um, After that, she decides to go get the the purple rays, which is what they use. (laughs) The purple Purple rays. rays, rays, Purple rays. Which is what they use on Amazonia to to heal their people. And uh, she tries to use it on Steve Trevor, which does not work. Um, Who'd have thought? uh, And during all this, she's trying to find out things about him. And... This is where one of my favorite things about the book comes in, is <laughs> the dialogue. Because up until this point, we've just been giving, uh, giving English speak. And we, we assume that they're, that's what they're speaking, is common tongue. And uh, then as soon as Steve Trevor says something, it's giving these brackets, as if he's speaking a foreign language. So we find out they've actually been speaking Amazonian this whole time. So uh, Diana tries to speak to him using his tongue, and it's this um, this great broken English. Like uh, the I mean, first thing she, she does says, pick up quite a bit, yeah, quickly. But it's she, still well, she she's very intelligent. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing she says to him is, "I'm I, Diana," <laughs> and. Um, and it's broken up like that. E I M I D dash A dash N A. And it's just this broken English um, where she's trying to speak with him. And she goes in and out of speaking Amazonian and, and uh, man's language, we'll call it. Um, so she's trying to find out about him. And she assumes he's a man because she's never seen one before. So the first thing she does is she grabs his dick. <laughs> Goes right in there too. She, she, yeah, she, her, like, she's forearm deep 
at this point. Oh, uh, also, a thing to a note to mention is uh, Steve Trevor is African American in this story. Uh, yes, uh, Steve Trevor is African American in this story. Um, I honestly wasn't going to mention it because it there it really doesn't play it a, makes like it, no difference. No, it doesn't. Yeah, but uh, the character apparently, asks, apparently that's one of the things that is that people whined about about this really. Book. Yeah, and considering this is okay. essentially an almost an Elseworlds, it's a different universe, it shouldn't matter. Jumping on to this topic. To oh, wait, let's, let's go to this topic <laughs> okay. real quick. Let's take okay. a pause in here. Here, here is when it matters. Um, it matters when uh, you take Jimmy Olsen and you make him six foot two, handsome as fuck, ripped, and, and muscular. That's when it matters. Not because he's black, but because you completely change the character 100%. Um... <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter here at all because he's not like a uh, scrawny, when, like, yeah, burger flipper. He's when, still the yeah, same character. Exactly. When 100%. you take a kind-willed, brash, military man, and all you've done is change his skin to uh, tone, mm -hmm. he's still the same character in this entire book. He is Steve Trevor. Yeah. Uh, I'd say he's a little less cocky. Uh, definitely a little less cocky, but he's still the... Yeah, it, he's, he's still, still re Steve he reads Trevor. a lot like Steve Trevor does right now in the in the main book. Uh, you need to read Dark Side War. <laughs> <laughs> I know, um, but yeah, th this is where it does not matter. Another um, a great example is uh, Superman American Alien. Oh yeah, uh, I think Jimmy Olsen made his first appearance in that um, you know miniseries in this most recent issue, and he's black. Was but, it this most recent? Yeah, yeah, it was this. Most yeah. Recent. Uh, and I think that's the first time you see him uh, in American Alien. I'm not sure. Um, but he's black, and he he's having an art gallery. If anything, yeah. the character came off gay to me. Like, he did. He, he actually, it took me a minute to realize like, that's who that was. But, yeah, yeah he did me. I mean, they never yeah. said it. They, they never don't really... say Jimmy Olsen. They say Jimmy yeah. over and over again. But, they, but, I mean, they never really made any kind of uh, reference that he yeah. was homosexual. But he did. He, he, he seemed very effeminate, yeah. very, very um, Flam not hyperactive. Really flam not really flamboyant, but he I'd did say seem hyperactive. A little, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's probably better. Um, but yeah, he he's a black Jimmy Olsen, and it makes a lot more sense because he's this skinny. Mm -hmm. He's still Jimmy Olsen. Dude. He's still yeah. the basic like body structure, everything, demeanor, yeah. all nice, just skin color different. And he he comes off as Superman's pal, not <laughs> Superman's cool dude. Cool got sent. sidekick. Yeah, yeah. He got sent to take care of Supergirl. All GQ and yeah. shit. She, uh, uh, Steve Trevor is is black in this book, um, but it makes no difference. Yeah. So we'll skip right past that. <laughs> uh, so she uses the healing rays and they don't work. Um, and uh, later that day, she shows up again wearing Hercules mask to take the challenge against Mala, who is her uh, lesbian lover, um, to take the right of Wonder Woman. She defeats Mala easily uh, and jokingly during the entire thing. Yeah, kind of taunts her a little yeah, bit. Yeah, uh, she. In fact, she jumps off of her horse and just pounces on her, pins her dad as like a win. Yeah. <laughs> um, once she wins, she demands uh, a prize, and they ask her what she wants, and she wants uh, Mala's swan plane, which we would all know best as Wonder Woman's invisible plane. <laughs> Um, she demands the swan plane, uh, and takes off with that, 
to go pick up Steve Trevor. Um, but before doing that, she is accosted by her mother in private over uh, why she's doing all this. And Diana reveals that she's off to visit Man's World. Uh, that she she knows the world is bigger and that she's tired of this paradise they've created. And <laughs> and so she takes the, the plane and goes to leave and Hippolia realizes there's only one thing that could make her act like this. And is she assumes it's a man. <laughs> which it's dick. Is correct. <laughs> is correct. Um, no, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> So the other Amazons show up to stop her from leaving, uh, led by Mala, and Mala tells her, you know, why are you doing this? We were supposed to be together, and um, she, uh, Diana's basically, like, trying to mic drop every chance she gets. She's like, I'm the princess. What I say goes, you're not going to follow me. Deal with it. Yep. And they keep defying her, and uh, she's like, just tell me you didn't catch up to me. She'll buy it. Uh, she keeps trying to mic drop and it doesn't work so they have to make this getaway um, but luckily Mala's swan plane is faster and they make their way out um, Mala reports back to Apolia, tells her what she saw and then we cut to Wonder Woman bringing Steve Trevor into a hospital um, after after this uh, after she does that, uh, we see Hippolya has jumped to drastic measures and is seeking out the Gorgon. Uh, some would know her as Medusa, the yes. Gorgon, uh, Medusa, and uh, sh- uh, so shit. <laughs> I'm terrible at this like panel by panel shit. I I really am bad, and it's a very long book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, we go back to the hospital where they're um, where they're checking on uh, Steve Trevor, and Diana's trying to tell them about the purple rays. They're like, uh, "Are are there purple rays? You you have to have them. They must exist here. If we have them, you know." Uh, she's trying to tell them about these purple rays, and they won't let her near Steve Trevor, and she's getting mad. She she's getting overrun by these smells um, that are supposed to like cover up decay as she calls it um, she's mad that they, they're not using purple rays and she gets shown off so she goes walking through the hospital and she finds all of these people who I believe are, have cancer I think they have cancer uh, they don't tell her what's wrong with them but they all seem to be lobbed in together uh, it kind of seems like ward. it kind of seems like they're all like like a, almost like a hospice type of situation. Mm-hmm. Like they're all kind of in their last days. Yeah, exactly. Um, and women, uh, Wonder Woman is uh, taken aback by this because she cannot believe that they let their people get this way, get old and wrinkled, and uh, decayed. And this is another one of my favorite parts of the book because she sees this elderly woman. And uh, she she even mentions that she shriveled like a leaf. Uh, how can you permit this? Uh, can the purple rays not cure her? <laughs> and, and and each panel is actually broken up with the heartbeat monitor. Yes. And um, it slowly, each heartbeat gets a little yeah. smaller and smaller throughout this these panels. And while while that's going on, um, 
she's gotten down by this woman's bedside. She tells her, I'm Diana. Uh, I'm so proud to kneel by your side, dear brave sister. Tell me your name. And the woman doesn't tell her name. She just says, Angel, you're in... And then she dies. And it's so heartbreaking because you can see it on Wonder Woman's face. She She's starting to scrunch up because she's about to cry. Uh, but she's trying to be strong. And she just cannot believe that this happens. You know, that that the women of this world or that... I think uh, in, internally she's thinking anyone in this world could get to this state. How can um, you let them wither away and die? Exactly. How uh, how could this hell exist while we've made paradise? Like, it doesn't make sense. The thing I've ever seen in a comic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's so much worse. No, but um, she starts yelling at all the nurses and then runs outside where the army is waiting for her. And she's like, "Really?" Uh, <laughs> and she's like, "By whose command?" Boy, yours. And I love that she keeps referring to uh, whoever is in charge. I'm not sure. Yeah, the, this mustachioed yeah. guy. I guess she his name is him Keller. He keeps calling him boy him. or child. I think might, she might even say child or something. She keeps yeah. referring to how inexperienced and young and under under her she is. Exactly. It's under I, her I, And once so she weird. questions his command, she says, I think not. And she picks <laughs> up his jeep. And she, <laughs> and she starts telling them off. She's like so easily impressed by feats of strength. Uh, by things that, uh, they can measure by weight. Uh, she's basically just shitting on their entire yeah. uh, So you system. only care about your pissing contest. Exactly. And so she puts it down and uh, she, oh my god, I, I just read this panel again. It's like, these are men. They look like, uh, to me, like look, girls. She says something about like uh, sweet, and sweet and beardless. <laughs> round-eyed faces made to kiss. Not harm or hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much saying that all men on our world has been pampered and just yeah. babyfied. Uh, so they try to overtake her. Um, only one ever actually trying to put his hands on her, and she just throws him down real quick. Uh, so elegantly, too. She's just like, what? Just brushes You're him done. Um, and she decides to leave because she, is obviously, she feels like she's obviously made a mistake. Uh... At this point, we jump back to the trial where they bring in, um, what is her what full is her name? name? Beth, uh, I know it's Beth something, uh, Beth Candy, that's right. They bring in Beth Candy, um, who she met while she was in Man's World, and they jump to another flashback of how that happened. A, bu a sorority bus is careening off of a bridge due to inclement weather, and Wonder Woman catches it. Uh, all the sorority girls come out and they're like, holy crap, thank you, wow. Uh, and they're like, uh, and who are you? And Diana's so <laughs> distracted that she can't answer them with her name, but instead says, what has man's world done to your bodies? <laughs> because Beth Candy is a little on the, the husky side. Um, and so I love... she... And I love that, like, one of the first things that Beth says whenever they ask her to use the lasso. She says something about, uh, along the lines of, I knew, you, like, she said you guys were kinky, but this is, <laughs> yeah. this is something else. Beth, no, it, and Beth, Beth is one is, of those girls. One yeah. of those, like, just go with the flow. Like, I've said she, it before, she kind of seems like, uh, she seems like a love child between Pam from Archer and a little bit of Rebel, yeah. Rebel Wilson. And even kind of exactly. looks like both of them. Because she, she immediately responds with, uh, that she thinks her body is the best it's ever been. Yeah. And, and Steph, uh, 
so they make uh, quick friends because Wonder Woman um, decides to help them with the bus, dragging it with uh, dragging it with her swan plane. Uh, <laughs> they just throw on a tow chain under the under the invisible plane and pull the sorority bus. Um, and so at this point, uh, we jump back to the trial, and Beth is telling Hippolya off about it and uh she says and if you think she did this for a man poor steve uh, steve trevor just gave her an excuse to get the hell out of this place <laughs> um so we go back to another flashback uh, flashback and um steve trevor's being uh questioned by military leaders on what he saw where he went blah 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 and he decides to lie to them until wonder woman shows up and is like yeah i totally fucking exist um, and then she starts questioning them on how they got to Paradise Island. Um, and they, uh, I think they, they just kind of brush her off. They're like, you yeah, know, that's our business. Uh, that's our business. Uh, we're going to put you up in a hotel until this stuff is figured out. And she, she gets put up in the hotel with Steve Trevor and, uh, another another just great moment happens where uh, she is thankful for him protecting her secret and everything. So, uh, and she saved his life and all that. So she demands that he wears a collar and kneel before her, which is uh, which on which on the island is a a way of them showing respect. Exactly. And, to and her, this is this is right. This yeah. is like this, this is, is an her honor trying to control him. him. Like she's bestowing an honor. Yeah. And he does not <laughs> he steal. Just, he thinks she's just a bit on the kink side. And she says, "Neil, for we are bound a bond." And he's just silent, backing up for her. And she's like, Steve? And she's talking about... And then it cuts to the bar, where she's talking to Beth about it. And she's like, um, yeah, you might have scared him a little bit. Um, and she starts talking about how it's an honor. She, she only wanted to show him that uh, she respected him and that she felt his respect. And uh, she's like, so... You're from a paradise island of science fiction lesbians with a bondage side. I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we cut back to the trial, and there's more blah, 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 blah about the Beth Candy thinking that Wonder Woman's awesome. <laughs> Which is basically all she says during yeah. her entire questioning. And then they decide to give her a makeover. Um Because they feel like she's one of them now, and... Uh, they want to officially initiate her. Uh, and she goes with it because it, it, it's their custom and all that. Until um, they uh, until Wonder Woman realizes um, that the Gorgon has been released. And she's Release like, no, Gorgon. she wouldn't. And she tells everyone to close their eyes. You gotta you gotta cover your eyes. Don't don't look at this. I'm going out to face this thing. And uh, she sees that all the military men are have been turned to stone until they're all stoned. They're all stoned, <laughs> and St Steve Trevor is with them as well. Um, so she goes to face the Gorgon, but the Gorgon is leaving um, with the Amazonian uh, squad, and basically Wonder Woman uh, tells them off. She's like, "A war party, the Gorgon." Polio ordered this? She's like, this is fucking overkill. Like, is this shit necessary? <laughs> yeah, this is overkill. Send me a text. Because the only reason to do it was to get rid of Steve Trevor. 
And so it's at this point she decides to uh, kneel before Mala and surrender herself and take the trial. Um, So we get back and they bring out Steve Trevor to the trial and she decides to use the purple rays again, which she has uh, recalibrated. (laughs) <laughs> That's the word. She just recalibrated it to work on man. Brings she, him back to life, and he starts telling them about how he uh, rerouted his government from them. Didn't tell them anything about the place, just told them about uh, Diana, and that that was it. Um, so they eventually uh, get to a point where Diana puts Apolia on trial. And starts questioning her about her birth, where we find out that she is actually the daughter of Hippolya and Hercules. Um, and that she lied because she didn't want her daughter tainted by uh, that man's uh, legacy. Um, so they have a little bit of a back and forth about it, and they they end up embracing because Wonder Woman understands and Hippolya is going to step down as queen of the Amazons. But Diana says, no, don't do that. I don't want to be queen. Uh, What I want is to be a warrior, but not in the way that you believed I would be. Um, So she decides to stay queen. Wonder Woman becomes Wonder Woman and that's more or less the book. and Wonder Woman shows up in Man's World and says, it's time we had a talk. <laughs> she says, I own this shit. <laughs> I own this shit. Um, okay, sorry about how that came out. Uh, hopefully Bob has edited this to be, like, because I talked for a while. Probably not. Very I was going to leave it all in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm not good at that. Because, because I really, I feel like if I edit anything, it's going to seem weird. Yeah, like, maybe. Choppy. I'm just going to uh, it See all what you there. can do with it. Cause... I mean, hell, we still... We, I think we're good. We're good on time. Okay. Um, And then the last book I want to talk about is Deadpool. But I don't want to talk about the book because here's the basics of the book. Deadpool ended up killing his family. But because he's a very forgetful person, the way he's come to believe it is that Sabretooth killed his family. So he's been trying to kill Sabretooth. Um, It's your typical Deadpool stuff. He He has himself a mission and he's trying to carry it out. And he's hilarious the entire fucking time. He's scalping? Uh, he tries to... Well, the first thing he does is... Uh, this is issue nine. In issue eight, uh, he talks about how he had an argument with Logan once about uh, how Deadpool would kill Logan. And he says, well, you always ride that motorcycle. So if I were to put up piano wire, um, just a really strong piano wire, uh, and you were going about this this many miles an hour, which you're known to do most of the time... I could cut your head off and take it from there. And uh, so he tests this on Sabretooth, and it doesn't work. And he's like, God, I hope this never makes it back to Logan. <laughs> um, so, uh, so instead he's trying, to, he's trying to scalp him. He's doing all sorts of things. Uh, Sabretooth ends up gutting him, which, you know, it's Deadpool, so he's still standing while his fucking intestines are hanging out. Uh, and then a <laughs> school bus goes by. And... <laughs> And Deadpool starts telling the kids to sing with him while he's got a sword sticking out of his chest and his intestines in his other hand. <laughs> and it's the wheels on the bus go round and round. And the kids, like, some of them are, like, 
happy. Some of them are vomiting. Some are freaking out. He's like, <laughs> um, the the kids tell him that he has something sticking out of him, and he's like, "Is my fly down?" And they're like, "No." He's like, "Cool, <laughs> let's not worry about it right now then." Um, and then he pulls the sword out and calls it Bay, which which bothered me a little bit. Uh, I hate I hate, I bae. hate that word. Um, but what I want to talk about is that like that that's pretty much the fight, and it leads up to this moment where they're kind of talking it's just a few uh speech bubbles of a little bit of a back and forth stuff we already know and um deadpool tells him not to deny it and asks him if he has any last words and Sabretooth says yeah bye felicia and pushes him into a car and then get and then collapses the thing i want to talk about is uh why the fuck is Sabretooth saying bye, Felicia? And what the fuck is bye, Felicia? I don't know okay, what this is. Bye, Felicia, Felicia originally came from... It originated from the Friday movie. You know, Ice Cube. Okay. Ice Tucker. Uh, I think Felicia was the crackhead that kept coming up, and they kept telling her, bye, Felicia. Like, <laughs> pretty much, bye, Felicia means get the fuck on. Like, bye. It's now became <coughs> an internet thing like bay and shit appropriate That's, use it can be funny it can be yes it but, sounds but it's, it's gotten to the point now where it's just <clears throat> it's like yolo and it's just another word that i just wish never it's, happened. i think it's worse because it's one of those things where it actually is grounded in something mm -hmm. that was popular for the longest time and those are really good movies yeah, and I think, really I mean, it resurfaced movies. recently because um, maybe some kind of viral video. A fucking meme probably But, like, it's, it's popped up in Flash. It's the reason up. I think it's worse is because it's grounded in something that uh, an entire generation knows and loves and another generation is vaguely familiar with and has seen. But it's gotten to a point where I think people are just fucking saying it because they heard it. Yeah, they don't no know one really knows, knows what like it I is. Like I said, I, like, I've seen these movies and I didn't recognize it whatsoever. Well, same here. I had, like, I didn't actually realize that until somebody posted the actual, like, screenshot of the movie. Yeah. And that was, by then, I heard it about six months. By but that, that does bother me a little bit. Uh, I, I've read about four issues of Deadpool so far from issue six up. And only issue uh, seven through ten uh are really like Deadpool books because issue six was Deadpool 2099 and I've been enjoying it but it seems like every issue there's that one thing where I step back and I'm like that doesn't fucking make any sense they wouldn't say that like it just seems out of place for especially that character no if Deadpool said Deadpool it, saying it would make makes sense and if Deadpool said by Felicia and did something exactly. like it would if make it more sense been but him, it been different but uh, but really Really, Sabretooth? Bye, Felicia? No. In the um, context of it being in a Deadpool book, I can, I can like, 30 to 40% accept it, but the fact of it was Sabretooth saying yeah. it... Yeah. yeah. And, um, and that Sabretooth on the cover just looks... But, well, they've been doing these, like, cartoony covers. It's weird, but... Yeah. Uh, the you actual artwork in the book, in the looks, book cool. looks good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, those were really all the books I wanted to talk about. I mean, it's been a great week for comics. I loved uh, Spider-Man number three, uh, mostly because he's grounded the entire issue. There's no action in the entire issue. There's just teenage bitching, and I was like, they they captured that perfectly. Uh, 
It's one of the reasons I love Spider-Man. But I think the greatest thing that came out was Batman number 51. And Bob, I believe you were going to lead us in with that one. Absolutely. Um, I'm actually reading a few things right now. I've read a few things this week, including uh, the new issue of Sex Criminals. I've read uh, the new We Are Robin. I'm actually back reading on New 52 Action Comics. But since I like to credit myself as a huge Batman fan, I figured for our pilot episode, I'll talk about Batman books. First of which, like Vincent already said, is Batman issue 51. Uh, this is the very sad, sad last issue of Scott Snyder and Greg oh Capullo. My God, what a hell of team a up. Run. Oh my God, this run. Four uh, years, three months. I think amazing. I think I can officially say that they are my favorite team up on Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've never read better Batman stories. This issue uh, that is titled Gotham Is. Uh, anybody that is familiar with New 52 Batman run. The very first issue, the very first words in the first issue of Batman is Gotham is. And what Gotham is, is, is a, um, it's a news, uh, newspaper, uh, section, section that, yeah, where yeah. apparently readers will write in on what they feel like Gotham is. And for years it's been just vile, dark things because, you know, Gotham is kind of a shitty place to live. So this book starts out with talking about Gotham is, and you mean Gotham is a black page. Gotham is a black page you write in white font to find your way down, down, down. Um, it's the first line of the last story you'll ever write, which is kind of a, a, a I guess, a play on what's actually happening. Yeah. This is the last story that they're going to be together, and the the very first uh, splash page you kind of see is uh, the Batcave again. Apparently. They've washed the paint and everything off the T-Rex because I don't know if you remember, but yeah, uh, during the Endgame, yeah, during the Endgame, all that stuff was gone. It yeah. was out there on that playground orphanage. But I mean, it look it still looks bare. It looks like they're moving it back in. Uh, we also have like a Court of Owls emblem, really huge, and plus the classic like giant penny. Like I said, the Joker yeah. card, and uh, we have a, a quick little discussion with Bruce and Alfred. They're talking. Bruce, or Alfred brings him a. Uh, like a protein shaker bottle full of what do you say? This is your protein, caffeine, creatine, listerine standard, sir. <laughs> he says justice flavored. Uh, he said this brand of justice tastes a lot like bananas. Well, they kind of they kind of go into a talk about they made. Uh, I, I think they made Alfred like a Luke Skywalker robot hand. I think it's. Um, no, they found his. Act. Oh no, they actually got his they hand. They found his okay. hand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, as far as they know, his and, and Alfred, <laughs> it could be like idle hands, you know. <laughs> uh, and then they, Alfred brings up the fact as Bruce is uh, changing into his uh, his back gear, he he brings up the fact that he has no scars anymore. He is back into his peak physical condition because of the uh, the Lazarus Pit, essentially. Yeah, at was, the uh, end of the endgame game storyline. Story he he got healed. Like they they made a mention of that prior was like pretty much he's back to being like not injured whatsoever. Like he's back to his prime again. So being suited up in this new suit, which I love by the way. Like I love that there's a touch of purple on the inside of the inside of the cape. Like, yeah, it, it's like uh, his classic suit. It's, it, it feels like they. The it feels like he 52. used a little bit of his ideas from uh, the zero year suit. Yeah, exactly. And the new one. Uh, and then we get introduced to. Our brand new Batmobile. First off, by showing uh, the cloaking device, it's a it looks like an old slammed it Chevy like pickup. A, yeah, a Chevy. Uh, the next one looks like almost like a GTO or something or or a, uh, a road charger. Runner. I would say yeah. charger. 
Uh, some kind of old Mopar vehicle. Yeah. Uh, then next page is the big splash of the first time we get to see the Batmobile, and it looks like a good cross between the cla- one of the classic Batmobiles with the big bat face on it, and uh, like the new BVS or Arkham Knight style uh, Batmobile. You know, the the Aston looks a little beefier. Yeah. Um, and oh, Batman. Like, Batman like goes out on mid tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, he he winds up going out on. Uh, on patrol through Gotham, only to find out there's really not much going on. Uh, he meets up with with Jim Gordon, who apparently is, his hair's grown well, back and he's back to smoking uh, one, again. One thing has gone on. What did I miss? One thing specifically has gone on. The lights have Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a big, that's actually a very big thing that should be brought up. Uh, all the power is out in Gotham. Yeah. So, of course, the first thing that Batman thinks is, like, there's somebody out there, somebody's fucking around, they like even, something big is about to go on. They even question that, like, maybe it's seismic activity and maybe it's natural. And he's, he's like, like, it's in never. Gotham, it's, yeah, it's in Gotham, nothing, nothing is natural. Yeah. Um, so he meets up with, with Gordon. Of course, the only thing that's working in the city is the bat signal. Um, and really, his his discussion with Gordon is uh, it doesn't really come to a point anywhere. Like they, they nothing's going on in Gotham. Mm-hmm. So he winds up going to Arkham. I can't remember exactly why. Uh, oh, he's saying that the alarm's been going off at Arkham because of the power outage. Yeah. So of course, like Batman's like jackpot. Of course, there's gonna be <laughs> of course there's gonna be villains that break out. Like finally, I can I can get to doing something tonight. So the next page is a cool splash page. It's kind of reminiscent of uh, First Issue again, where we have Clayface, Bane, Mr. Freeze, we have Killer Croc, Poison Ivy, Riddler, and Scarecrow, all in a hallway in Arkham, ripping off their uniforms, ready to fight, ready to escape, only to rush up on Batman, after we skip through this giant rebirth middle page, (laughs) only to find out that Arkham's actually beefed up their security for once. Yeah. And <laughs> right whenever they're about, what, maybe a foot or two away from Batman, these laser bars essentially come down and stop him in the tracks. And I'm not sure what doctor this is supposed to be. I don't, yeah, I, I can't remember who He says that, that he's back, so I don't know if it's supposed to actually be um, Dr. Arkham or not. I'm not really sure. But he kind of tells him, like, don't just relax. There's nothing's getting past these bars. We... We actually are doing our job for once. So, to further his investigation, um, well, actually, the next the next scene we see is a, a small rowboat uh, under Gotham in the in the channels that we've seen in the Court of Owls storyline, and we see a few of members of the courts in mass in their suits, and a woman who seems to be leading the the two. Um, into it, the the this miniaturized model of Gotham that we also saw in Court of Owls storyline. Uh, they row up to the, one of the buildings, and the woman presses onto a window, which is a hidden button, opens up a secret passageway. And uh, let me see what's going on here. I kind of <laughs> blanked out for a second. <laughs> uh, essentially, they 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 find out that nothing is like the the owls aren't doing anything. The court's not yeah. doing anything. And obviously, we find out that the woman, this big voluptuous woman, is actually yet again Batman in drag. He likes wearing drag a lot. Yeah, he does that from time to time. Yeah. Um, Straight out of a Frank Miller story. And then, next scene we see is Penguin with Black Mask, and I'm not really 
sure who that was. Who was this supposed to be? Um, I don't know. Shark Tooth, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. That's and definitely Black Mask. Penguin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I did I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought that was Black Mask if he didn't actually call him Black Mask. Because he's wearing like a zipper yeah. mouth like gimp mask. He's got almost. a gimp mask on it. It's weird. not the classic black skull. Yeah. Um to find out about that They later. are all I hope so. They are also not doing anything. Then we get to see just two panels. One of which is a, a hand slapping up the neck at a few what looks like mosquitoes. Mosquito, probably. And the mysterious bench man that I think we can disagree that is all that's Joker. Yeah. Uh, that that was speaking to Bruce a few issues prior, uh, and the only thing he says is not yet, not this night. So something's brewing there that I kind of can't wait for. Um. It's a nice shot, of Batman. Though. Yeah. This. Oh, oh God. This shot here. Uh, on on the next page is Batman holding on to uh, like scaffolding or something, one foot planted up on it. It's just kind of a, it's a it's an onward shot of him, but his head's out of profile and it shows the shape of the new cowl and everything. It's just another great fucking great Capullo, Capullo man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think Batman by this point has gotten to uh, gotten to the point where he's starting to try to figure out what the hell is going on because obviously none of these big bad guys are are the cause of this and where is he here he he find he's um at the gotham gazette that's where he was okay and it's the center point for the signal that they've been trying to track and uh he finds a man in there what was this guy's name again uh, he's fucking nobody. i don't does, does he even does he even say his name well think, actually yeah, he's, it he's says his name he's somebody that he even mentions he was brought up once before, and I think it was issue He was two. in the Whisper Gangs. Yeah, he, he was in the Court of Owl storyline from yeah. the very beginning of the story arc. That's one thing in this issue that we're, we're making full circle. We're going back to the first couple issues of this arc. Yeah. Uh, come find out, the because this character in the first few issues, Batman pretty much puts his face into a moving train. <laughs> uh, how he's Give not... Given a variety. How he's not dead. Yeah, I mean, there was he was with a gang. Uh how he's not dead, I don't know. But apparently it, it turned his life around. He's been doing good. Uh, I think he even said something about starting work, having a family, something along those lines. Pretty much, he's a good dude. He's, nothing's going on here either. Um, he He's actually the writer of the Gotham Is. Yeah, yeah, he is yeah. the writer of the Gotham Is. I forgot about yeah. that. Oh, he was one of the writers. They, apparently it's, it's been going on for years and he's picked it up since that's happened. Yeah. Um, really, it, it starts showing that... Uh, it, it says that the Gotham Is column has progressively started getting more positive. It's been getting more um, uplifting. Uplifting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopeful yeah. is probably the best word. Because like I said, originally it started out with very being very grim and just just drag. Yeah. Um, and then while that's going on, there are all these panels because Gotham, or because Batman's like running through Gotham uh, trying to see what's going on. And all he's seen is uh, people returning purses instead of stealing them. Families having people, dinner. Yeah, and people helping uh, each other out with the power still being. Yeah, out. little uh, tailgates going on on top of yeah. buildings. And then, and then you get the little chat bubble of uh, Alfred chiming in on the on the com, telling him, you know, you're not going to believe this, but it was actually a natural occurrence. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, the power should come on at any time. And by, by then, the next page, the very last page, you can see the sun just starting to break. 
uh, sun's just starting to come up and the power is kicking back on in Gotham. And got and Batman says, it, I understand, I'm still watching just in case. And the last few lines here, it says, so really in the end, the answer to the question, the simple, answer to the question the column poses is simple. It's what we say to you. It's what you say to us. Gotham is you. Always. And, and that was it. Like, I think it was a good... There's a nice ending to their story arc. I'm getting chills now, just again, going through that again. Because when I read that book... I I, like, I, I, I really... I kind of do the same thing. I got that, like, almost pre-tear-up chills. Like, yeah. man, this is so cool. Because knowing that, like, at least for a while, we're not going to have that team up again. Yeah. We're not... And, gonna, and also I, mean, I, feel, what, I feel like, especially with uh, All-Star Batman, with him going to be bringing in other artists, I feel like maybe Capullo will come back for a little while yeah. after whatever this project Mark Miller But is, also, but, knowing everything that Batman, that this Batman has been through mm-hmm. from zero year up to this moment. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you, you, you missed the... Uh, oh, okay. No, I, haven't, okay. I haven't, you read haven't, you haven't read Death of the Family. I haven't read... Um, the the court of owls the, court of owls and death is probably the two best story arcs yeah in this i i haven't read those run. two yet but i have read zero year i've read um end game and super heavy which was this last storyline i yeah I and it's all just heavy. amazing yes <laughs> yeah. and i'm telling you and you and you still yet to read the best stuff in my opinion yeah um, especially uh, so that. I mean that that's just a great end. To it that was. Book. Um, I'm curious on what 52 is. I'm not sure if it's going to be a lead in into mm-hmm. new into rebirth with, with this one shot and everything. Yeah. Um, have you happened to hear who the artist is on uh, on 52? I know I've heard it, but I can't remember who it is. On Batman New 52, the <laughs> issue 52 for Batman because Greg uh, Cool no, will be I on no it next issue. Um, I can't remember. Oh well. But yeah, very and not only that, but the cover. I Why really love even, the cover. I'm I'm kind of like I don't want a 52. I'm like I'll, I'd be cool if we just wait till number one starts. <laughs> yeah, like you'd be okay if this ended right here. Yeah, I feel like the same, but it's it's DC and they they have a fetish for the number 52. They've got to have a 52 start off the rebirth. <laughs> and, yeah, fucking ass. Alrighty, and for my next book, uh, since like I said, I'm gonna just stick with Batman here. Uh, I'm going to be talking about book four of The Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, uh, written and drawn by just about everybody, including uh, <laughs> Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello, uh, Hubert's on the art, uh, Jansen, Anderson. We've got, like I said, just about everybody. And I'm glad. That's one thing I do like about this series is that uh, you didn't read Dark Knight Strikes Again. No, the Dark Knight yeah. Strikes Again was... Pure Frank Miller cocaine fueled. Uh, okay, so like the mini issues. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Used. And even the mini issues are actually a lot. Are, are they look better than some of the <laughs> stuff in Dark Knight Strikes Again? Dark Knight Strikes Again is one of those stories that there's little things I love about it and a lot of things I hate about it. Yeah. Well, uh, this book pretty much well it actually starts out with uh, Ray Palmer falling into um, essentially non-existence. He's getting yeah getting smaller and smaller on a microscopic microscopic level. Uh, then jumps right back into uh, the confrontation between Superman and his daughter, Laura. Who's uh, on the side of the Kandorians. Yes, the yeah. the, can, the bottled city of Kandor has been... Uh, the, the, the citizens have been uh, grown to real size, whatever. They are on Earth and pretty much are going to take it over. Uh, so right now we have Superman and his daughter with Wonder Woman, Laura... 
Uh, they're fighting in what looks like Washington D.C. because he gets <laughs> he gets thrown through uh, what looks like the Washington Monument and gets broken in half. And the whole time, the I'm not sure what this character's name is. This dude, this dude from Candor, um, this Kryptonian. They they will say it later, but I, I think can't so. He keeps it. talking to Lawrence and like take him out. Like he's he's already chosen his side and he chooses the humans. He chooses the Earthlings, and. Yeah, they are in Washington because he he gets thrown yeah. through the Lincoln Memorial. He gets they're just destroying everything. And watching on monitors is Bruce, Batman, and uh, Carrie Kelly in the Batcave. Which, by the way, this shot love this shot. Yeah, like, Batman looks so awesome in here. <laughs> and Carrie's telling me like this is enough, boss. Like we can't let this happen. Let's go help him. And he said, Carrie, we can't stop this. Like essentially, these are gods fighting. Like what yeah. are we gonna do? Like We've seen what happened at the end of the first book. Like, it took a lot out of me. <laughs> um, so they're they're continuing watching this fight, and Superman's getting his ass just royally kicked. Everybody in the world's watching this fight. It's being broadcasted to everybody. But it's, there's a reason he's getting his ass kicked. Uh, he, I mean, it's his daughter. So yeah, he he's holding back tremendously. Fight. He does not want to fight her. He's not. I don't think he's threw he's, a single punch. He refuses to throw a punch. Yeah. He tells her, I'm not yeah. going to throw one. So the the fight it says it lasts for hours, and she, she it says she beat him down to the top of the world. And the next shot you see in the next page is just a just a trail of blood leading into the door to the Fortress of Solitude. And I didn't think Superman could bleed. Oh, believe me. <laughs> Apparently, there's a movie they talk about him bleeding. I haven't. Well, I mean, think about when he fought Doomsday. Yeah. Blood like faucet. Yeah. 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 The cover of Cutting of the Superman 3. He's bleeding right on the cover. Yeah. Neil Adams spoils it right there. <laughs> yes, I bleed. <laughs> so, so finally they're at the doorway of the fortress and you see all of these Kryptonians from Kandor. Just a sea of them going back in, out of sight. Uh, flying, hovering above Superman. And essentially they're... He's on trial and they find him guilty, essentially. Like, they're telling him, like... And you're accused of treason. A word that doesn't even begin to encompass what you've done to, our, to your people. The last of your people. How do you plead? And he, Superman doesn't plead anything. He tries to continue to talk to his daughter. He's like, you're young, you don't understand why I did this. And what the, what he does, I don't know what this guy's name is, but all, yeah. of, all of the Kryptonians, they find him guilty. And he throws these little black stones that turns into like a... Uh, I'm not so sure what they are. Some kind of like black tar looking thing. I'm assuming this is some kind of. I don't know. The first thing I it's thought was. It's definitely a bonding. Yeah. yeah. And it looks like it, it hardens like rock hard because yeah. after it covers him completely, it, he solidifies. Crazy. And then what I thought was actually really cool was this giant wall of Kryptonians all use their heat vision all at once and just melt the whole fortress. It just. It turns into water. Just a giant ocean. And of course, Superman being. Essentially, a statue falls to the bottom of this, and then they all immediately after use their their cool breath, their ice breath, to refreeze everything. So Superman is at the bottom of a frozen ocean, <laughs> in some kind of Kryptonian bonding agent. And the leader of all these Kryptonians says, "To more pressing matters, citizens of Gotham City." And then it starts going into this big spiel about like, um, you understand how precious life is. And pretty much calls out Batman. And the next shot you see is Wonder Woman standing, I'm assuming, 
I'm assuming she's home. Yeah, she's in I, I think that's uh, Themyscira. Themyscira. It looks like it. There's pyramids and jungle and such. And she has this weird cell phone thing. <laughs> and it keeps saying that, like, Batman's blowing her up. It keeps saying, miss call, miss call, miss call. And then the next one is an incoming call with just a little bat emblem. And she just crushes it. Like, she's tired of dealing with them. Uh, let me see. Where are we at here? Let's flip over. I hate these. I hate that they throw these mini comics dead in the center of these. Yeah. So. Uh, and then we we next shot we see is Gotham City. There's a angry mob around City Hall. Everyone just wants Batman to turn himself in, so that way it saves everybody else. And the new commissioner, what is her name again? I always forget her name. Yeah, I can't remember I her know. name. I don't know the leader of the Kryptonians. I don't know. I don't know name. none of them. <laughs> well, she uh, she looks like she's pretty much at her wits' end. Uh, she picks up a bottle, starts drinking. Um. Yeah, she pretty much says humanity sucks. Yeah. GCPD is useless. Has been for years. Um, then, I'm just trying to move right along. We're getting a little tight on time here. So, yeah. uh, next shot we see, I think it's really cool, is uh, <laughs> fucking, there's this giant, like, four-inch long hypodermic needle that Carrie's shoving into Batman's just severely scarred leg and kneecap. And he uh, he tells her, that uh, that he's got a mission for, or maybe the the mission part is on the next page. No, no, no. This is. He tells her that he has a mission for, and that he bought her a graduation present, and hands her what looks like a new costume, which we'll yeah, go into later. Some sort of garment bag. Yeah, some kind of garment bag. Uh, and then we go into the the Dark Knight type of news panels, the news reports on what's going on in Gotham. We have a guy that looks like Anderson Cooper, a guy that is clearly supposed to be Donald Trump. Yeah. And then you see a giant onomatopoeia whoosh, with somebody running with a streak of lightning, which we can all assume is the Flash. Yeah. And uh, Flash is what he seems like he's in Gotham trying to help. I'm assuming that's where he's supposed to be because you see the, the city behind him um, riding and such. Yeah. Um, and then out of nowhere, you see a Kryptonian flying and just take him out. Like you see his leg break backwards, like his kneecap break from behind. Yeah, and this one, uh, he does not look familiar whatsoever. No, you t- are you talking about the Kryptonian? Yeah, the no, Kryptonian. He, he looks like he has gray or white hair, looks real beefy. He kind of looks like Bruce. Yeah. But not as scarred as such. <laughs> when I first saw him, I was like, is that Cable? I, guess, I thought it was Bruce. <laughs> like, what is he doing? But yeah, while Flash is running what looks like a, not necessarily top speed, but pretty high speeds, and then the yeah. Kryptonian flying at a high speed, the opposite, just takes him out, and you see him just slide across, tumble across the road for a couple panels until he finally lands in this wadded, bloody, broken mess in the middle of the road. And you see uh, one of the sons of Batman. At first, I when I first saw this, I kind of forgot about the, the son of Batman. Yeah. I was like, is that Blue Beetle poking well, his head up? Well, like, if you look in that panel that you're talking about. Where that, you, with Batman, yeah, you get to see them, you yeah, see them all lined all up. Surrounding the I always kind of here. forget that he has an army like on call at all times. <laughs> But you see, uh, you see one of the the son of Batman poke up out of a, a manhole and see what's going on. And the next shot you see is that commissioner. She's sitting on top of uh, I'm thinking that's City Hall. Yeah, that's where she was. I think it's the top of the few, GCPD. Is it okay? Yeah. Or no, yeah, it's yeah, it City is City Hall. Hall. It is City yeah. Hall. She's sitting up, and you can see the glow of like of the fire and the riots below her, and she's. 
pretty much just talking shit about it. Like, you know, you're all ants, you're poison ants. Like, I can't believe I wasted so much of my life on you. And she's sitting up there drinking. Right before she goes, takes another drink. You see a big, beefy, gloved hand grab the flask out of her hand and says, So stop drowning. He, what she's saying is, uh, what he was saying is pretty much like, Quit being a bitch. Quit fucking. Quit taking blame. Quit feeling bad for yourself. Just get up, quit your drinking, let's go fucking do something and let's fix the city. And that's pretty much it on this book. And then jumping into the mini that is in there. Um, we are revealed the suit that Bruce gives to Carrie, which is a like a bright green and purple Batgirl suit. It's uh, It looks almost exactly like the Dark Knight Returns Batman suit, but replace the colors with the gray with the green and black with the uh, the purple. And in a later panel, you'll notice she has the bat symbol across her, her ass. ass. Yes, like <laughs> yeah. it's on her booty. Which, of course you would, so Frank. Says juicy in the middle. Of course you would, Frank. <laughs> oh and of course, God. like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that these minis are completely written and drawn by yeah. Frank. Oh, yeah, because that's definitely are. for sure his art. It's yeah. very chaotic, scratchy, like I said, cocaine fuel. Yeah. And, uh, what this mini is, is uh, Batman has sent Carrie to the pier for a mission. Uh, they never really explained what the mission is. She's just there kicking some serious ass and is trying to get to the water. Like I said, still not really sure why. And her internal monologue, she's pretty much saying how, like, she could break any bone and stop you and drop you. Until they get... Okay, and then they finally get to the, uh, to the water. She's starting to get a little overwhelmed. She drops a capsule into the water. Not really sure what it does yet. And you see a, a green hand, a green gloved hand in the water come up and grab this capsule. Some kind of crazy little light thing happens around the capsule. Not really sure what that is. Uh, and then you see these this gang of thugs starting to overwhelm Carrie a bit until, <laughs> until we see Aquaman... I'm assuming you can't can't really tell in this panel, but in the further it's an angler fish because here's the fish, but I don't know how it's supposed to be in this shot because it just kind of looks like a giant T. Yeah, it looked like like a hammerhead shark almost. Like yeah, he pops up in this giant. What I'm assuming is angler fish. And yeah, there's there's the bat booty shot. <laughs> My God, he pops and You up. know what's so terrible is it's like the panel right above it is such a great shot. Oh, it of is her, too. Because it's like it's that black. It's the black silhouette, and the only thing is her white eyes, and then the gloves, her boots, and then the giant bat on her chest. Yeah, is and pink, it's all purple. these hot pink yeah, colors. Really it good, so like good. silhouette image, and then right directly before, right directly below that is a bent over, ass in the air, giant bat sign across the chest. <laughs> Which okay, fine. It's so like shameful, it. Frank. Uh, but Arthur, uh, Aquaman tells her to get on. She does this crazy extravagant jump in the air, backflip, of course. Yeah. Hops on, tells her to hold her breath, and they start submerging, and that's the end of the mini. Um, overall, I'm so far, I'm liking this. Uh, the third installment in this Dark Knight series. Yeah, uh, by the second one, I was thinking that I wouldn't. Like, Same here. I the was, first one, I was, I was unsure about. Like, off. first one was uh, kind of the setup again. Yeah. Second one, I kind of felt the same way. Third, it started to pick up a little steam. Fourth, I'm liking. Yeah, this one has definitely brought me but, back in. It, I I want to keep reading it, and but, especially now that Carrie Kelly's Batgirl. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> She's not. Uh, what was it? Catgirl. 
Because she, no, she, no, no, you, oh god, you have not read that. Oh book. my god, I okay, I, I, she I has, will ro- she has roller skates and stuff. I'll let you borrow it. I'll, oh I'll let you borrow god. the trade. Yeah, I will write read it. But yeah, that's a good book. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Uh, our listeners might be thinking it. Uh, I hate doing panel by panel. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, at yeah. least I'm not going to be doing that much. I'll yeah, do I'm, gonna, I'm gonna not going to be doing that anymore. Um, especially with a freaking graphic novel. <laughs> yeah, doing it with single issues. It's not as bad doing it with a full. Yeah, because we're about at an hour and forty-five minutes of just our books. Yeah, just doing books. Right. Um, uh, so moving on from that, so we can talk about some good stuff. Uh, Odell, I think you had something you wanted to bring up. Uh, yeah, we're seeing a big trend with these adult coloring books here uh-huh. lately, and now they're branching into the comic world, where you know we have Batman Hush adult coloring book. We yeah. have these oh, fun coloring that. books. Mad Love. Um, yeah. And it's like, just to explain to you what mm-hmm. that is, it is, um, it's not just like, uh, like 20 page coloring book with, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not like a 20 page coloring book with just panels from it, it's a full on comic book that you can color in. Yeah. It's not a bunch panels. of images of Batman strung together like your basic coloring book, it is legitly the graphic novel, uncolored in the coloring book type of paper, that, that card yeah, type paper. Well, because DC started out, they did their single issues mm-hmm. of the adult coloring book Yeah, 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 they did, they did the variant covers. And then once they did that, they started putting out the, the full-on graphic novels. How did this whole adult coloring book thing start? I don't know. There's, there's. Don't I mean, know. if you go to Walmart, like go to the, the book section, there's a huge, yeah. thing, but, huge section of adult coloring and books. All and all of those, these are like intricate geometric yeah, shapes. Yeah, I mean, or now, you, run, now you go flowers. to Walmart, there's Harry Potter ones. There's, yeah. I mean, they actually So have, these are becoming a huge thing. And I personally, I think that this is going to be a great thing to start seeing some new colorists, new artists, like be yeah. able to give their imagining of how some of these things could have or should have looked in their mind. That makes it not bad, but at the same time, it's like, uh, it's so specifically geared. Like, me personally, I'm never going to buy one of these. I'm yeah. never going to color one in all the way. Because, uh, one, I'm, I'm a terrible fucking artist. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I've just got no skill there. I've got no business with an adult. Graphic novel just sit there with book. crayons, like double fisting <laughs> yeah, right. them, right? Uh, I'd rather just buy the already colored book and then read well, it. Well, and that's the other cool thing is I think this is also going to kind of present some opportunities for people to, like, okay, for example, the Batman Hush. Mm-hmm. Someone can take that, color in the whole thing, and go and get opinions from some of the original artists at a con. Yeah, uh, you know. Stuff but like that. Then that also breeds resale, which can be so annoying because you'll see these uh, these custom covers come up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people will do their blank issue, and it's like, oh, cool, that's really cool. I know you got that for cover price, uh, and then you did your artwork. Oh, you want $400 for that. Who are you? <laughs> see, yeah, right. like, I don't think it's going to get that extreme, but yeah, I, 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 th- I think we're going to uh, see it people. Will. <laughs> they, they're going to get, they're going to do their own work and stuff like that. Like, okay, a forty dollar graphic novel that they completely, yeah. they spent all their time coloring it all in. Okay, granted, y- y- when you think about the time and everything, especially if they're an independent yeah. colorist or something like that, 
that could warrant spending, you know, a couple hundred dollars on it. Exactly. But and, as yeah, far as, like, someone like me or you going and calling this in and it almost looking like a high school kid with crayons or something, yeah. no one's going to... Well, yeah, I, and, I mean, it, it's a lot more specific than that, too, because, I mean, like, with artists, you have, like, almost any uh, stereotypical situation. Like, there are some who, you know, are, are legit members of society. You know, mm-hmm. they, they have the jobs, they go to it and they come home they do their art and then they they try and sell it make a a little extra money and then you have you have those dudes who just they expect to live off of their art their art is their yeah their income because yeah you know there's too much going on in the world there's too much artistic talent in them to to waste it on working on on going to an actual job and providing and stuff no they've got to do their art so they expect to make a lot of money off of it and then there are people like me who are like, uh, dude, really? And then there are people who are stupid who are like, fuck it, I'll pay you $200. This is going to be worth something someday. Well, like, <laughs> I, I would never yeah. go as far as be like, here's $100 because I think you're going to be a big name artist someday. Yeah. But like, like scrolling through my Facebook feed uh, on some of these sites, like seeing the, the detail and how good some of these people can get with like, granted, the, it's already all laid out for them. They just have to color it in. But seeing how well they actually do on some of these coloring jobs, it can actually it can be pretty impressive on some of them. But then there are some of them that it's just like, that's just red and black and blue. Yeah. But but the ones that actually take the time, and you can tell they put a few hours of work into this one single page, is, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, but moving on from that, uh, there were a lot of trailers that came out <laughs> leading up to this, and we were so mad that like nothing came out this week necessarily. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna backtrack, talk about some things that have probably been talked about a thousand times. You've already heard about them a thousand times. You've already talked about them. We're just gonna glance over them real quick. You um, get to hear them from us now. Yeah, I think the the main one that we uh, the main two that we want to talk about are Rogue One and Civil War, and um, Civil War recently just uh had all these tv spots where basically they're just showing fight scenes yeah. like these large fight scenes they're all so cool oh my god they are so cool like the the iron man one did we all watch did, that uh, are you I about, know I uh where they're all fighting bucky yeah I, where they're yes, all yeah. fighting bucky. i haven't yeah. seen that one my the oh, one, one i really so liked good. was the captain america fight one where like uh, Scarlet Witch, in uh, part of uses she her powers. Up like, through, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did, I did see that one. That one was really I didn't good. See like, that one. There's a lot of he's really breaking, cool. Uh, he's breaking him somewhere. He's taking out a bunch of uh, soldiers, and then yeah. she kind of tosses him up through the second story window. And nice. we see Falcon with Red Wing in, in that yeah. one. Yeah. Like, yeah. ah! Uh, but I think the the greatest one to come out so far. It's so it's so nothing. There's like it, it's so. It's literally just nothing. like the reveal. One simple line, but it was enough to make us all go. Ah, we're all losing our minds over it. It's the Spider-Man one, and it's not even this one is even focused on Spider-Man. No. It's like a legit like critics are raving trailer, and then at the very end, Spider-Man uh, like swings into a pillar like. Uh, yeah, swings he, through a small space like he always swings does. through a small space, drop kick, and then you see him block. Uh, a Not metal block, arc. grab. Yeah, yeah well, that's a punch. Yeah. He he does. 
kind of what Bruce does to Clark in Batman vs Superman. Yeah, he, he catches the punch of the Winter Soldier, and then it's just that one situation where they they were on Winter Soldier, and then they focus over on Spider Man. He's like, "Dude, a metal arm? That's awesome!" And I'm like, "Oh." He's in and, high school. And he sounds like a and child, it's, man. And it's, sounds and like a child. It's so good because I love how they're so focused on representing this younger Spider-Man. Yes. And uh, that line. The, and, I mean, that's that's the best thing about it is that that's how Spider-Man was. Like, yeah, that, that and we're going to have, this, we're gonna have the Harry and, Potter aspect to this. Like, yeah. we're going to watch this character literally grow into an adult. Because he always dreamed of being a part of the Avengers. And maybe this isn't the most ideal situation <laughs> to, to come into that. But, more or less, he's joining the Avengers. So, I can't wait to see that play out. Um, Civil War is going to be... Just great. I, I'm not going to say it's going to be the best superhero movie of all time. Mine is still The Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also going to take a moment so much of a and correct you and say Captain America Civil War. Because Did I no, say Marvel Civil War? No, you just said Civil War. But that's one of the things it's, that kills me. It's not the Marvel Civil War. I'm going to keep calling it I'm just calling it Civil War even though I know it's the Captain America third film. It's Captain this America is, 3. This is literally like... An Avengers film. Yeah, because it's not it, it like should, it should have been an Avengers Civil War, but it's not like we're ever going to actually get Marvel Civil War. The real Civil War. This no, is no, the no. Civil with all War of the rights being split up, with yeah. the dozens of other movies that we would need. Not to mention all, yeah, all the lead in that has to. Oh my god. Time. Um, We'd have to have so many other characters incorporated. <laughs> it it would have to be in like phase forty seven yeah. or something. Oh, like yeah. there would have to be a lot we, of movies. We'd have to wait at least another decade. Well, yeah, and you have to have World War Hulk before that happens. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's a whole thing, and I hate that it's a whole. And thing. And you need a lot of characters that they don't Spider Man so much. Yeah, but like yeah. the Iron Spider, and I I keep going back to the Punisher. That, that he played such a Punisher, small yeah. but such a significant role in yeah. the comic Civil War. Uh, and and uh, I, I know I've said this a million times before, but it, it's it's where Punisher really draws his lines. Is like, yes. what is he? You know, uh, because Captain America wants him to fight. What Captain America wants to beat the shit out of him, but he wants to fight. And Punisher just won't do refuses anything. Frank refuses to throw a punch. He's like, "You're the good guys, Captain America." Yeah, because you're the good guys. You know why would I? Why would I kill you? you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be a great movie. I, either way. Uh, and speaking of the Punisher, we got the reveal of um, we're getting our Netflix series. Yes, yes with John Byrne. This is one of those times that like finally all this like campaigning actually works. And I'm I'm uh, a, an avid. Uh, protester of protests because <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like 90% of it does anything like, yeah, no, but, do but sometimes fans are not right we yeah. do not know what we really need but this wants. is one of those rare times where uh, and honestly I think if it, uh, even without all the campaigning just the love that John Barthol's uh, Punisher got would have probably gotten oh, his yeah. own series oh, yeah. regardless and I but, think it's going to pave the way for like we were talking earlier, these darker, like what we've already been getting with Netflix, some of the darker, yeah. grittier heroes, like our street level heroes. I, th- I think they need to start getting into like a mixture, though. Like I'm yeah. hoping Luke Cage is going to be a lighter show. Iron Fist. It it's supposed to be. be well, a little above. well, from what they originally said, granted, a lot of things have changed with the Netflix series since the the start of them. But uh, each each one was kind of supposed to have their own feel. Like yeah. 
Iron Fist is supposed to feel like this set, like a seventies kung fu movie. Almost. Yeah. But one thing that I'm really worried about with like Punisher getting greenlit for a season, and like Daredevil getting a season two before some of the other announced shows have even gotten season one, is that like it feels like they keep pushing Iron Fist back a little bit. They're mm. still not sure what to do with him, but I feel like. He might get pushed back a little bit more now because everybody wants the Punisher. Like I personally want the Punisher. Well, another, but, like, I, I just the, I just feel like it's it's going to cause problems yeah. with uh, with some of the future shows they already have planned. On the flip side of that, though, it seemed like they were trying to get to Defenders way too quickly. Yeah, and because all of this <laughs> has popped up and they're seeing like how effective these shows can be without Defenders, uh, it seems like that's getting pushed back so we can get more lead well, into then, it. And I like that. When it comes to the Iron Fist aspect of it, hopefully having, he gets introduced. Well, uh, I'm thinking that with introducing Doctor Strange and all the mystical aspects of the Marvel Universe, that's really going to help bring him in. Maybe oh, yeah. they'll wait till after Doctor Strange. Oh, I'm, I'm sure because well, because I feel like I feel like they're going to if they're going to introduce him prior to him actually having his own show, kind of what they did with Luke Cage in. Jessica Jones, he'll yeah. be in the Luke Cage show. He should yes. be. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. At uh, the very least, a mention of him, a, a quick a cameo towards the end or something. something. Kind of like how they usually do with, like, like Rosario Dawson. And uh, all the other ones. We end the season with Luke Cage, like, two, two episodes of Luke Cage and Iron Fist teaming up, and then we get our Iron Fist show, and then we get a Heroes for a Hire show. Oh, my God. Well, because <laughs> we had three issues of... Of Hero for Hire, Luke Cage, uh, of Power Man. Yeah. Okay, we had three issues where Iron Fist teamed up with him, and then it became Power Man Iron exactly. Fist. Exactly, yeah. So... So we could do it that way, yeah. if at, in, like, their Phase 3 or whatever of the shows, bring in a Power Man Iron Fist show... Yeah, I, like a team-up show? By the way, so it's Marvel. I trust them. Yes. You know, oh, I, yeah. it's, it's all good to me. Do whatever you need to do, guys. Uh, last, we're going to talk about the Rogue One trailer. Um, and this is the big one for me, because um, I said earlier, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I, 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 don't, I don't think you properly understand. And you probably won't until we do um, what we're going to call variants, which I'll explain here in a little bit. Uh, and we're going to do a Star Wars one, and I already know exactly what I'm going to say starting <laughs> that thing out. Um, do, I've been do we get to watch Phantom there. Menace? Of course, like that's no, all that's we're gonna talk about. Mine. That's uh, three hours of Phantom Menace. <laughs> that's what you can look forward to. <laughs> we're gonna get uh, in depth with Jar Jar. Yes. Um, no, but uh, Rogue One. Uh, that trailer dropped recently. Um, and by recently, I mean like three, four weeks ago. <laughs> but uh, that trailer came out, and oh my god. I'm sold forever on everything. <laughs> well, the first thing I want to talk about is that score. It's, yes. Uh, I'm not sure who... I don't know if if it's still John Williams doing the... No. The, uh, uh, we but it's very out. John yeah. Williams-esque. I it's, can't remember the guy's name, but it is... Uh, it's totally different guy. I think John Williams is only doing the main, the main episodes. Okay. Like eight, that's, that's what I assumed. Um, but it... It doesn't feel like anybody else is doing it, though. It, yeah. It feel, it, it's right in line with the rest of the and movies. At the same time, it, it's so new, too, because it it's is. all piano. And, and it's, it's all very light, and it's the same the, the it's the same Star Wars piano theme. Piano acoustic. But it's drawn out. It's lighter. Oh, it's so gorgeous. I mean, like, I want to put this on an MP3 player and actually listen to it my day to day. And I've, I've been known to do that with movies. I have the Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind instrumentals. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. I didn't know what you were doing. That was I was high fiving you. We were high fiving, by the way, but I thought he was just putting his hand near my face. I was telling him. To, <laughs> I was actually telling him to talk to the hand. Uh, yes. Okay. He does not like that movie apparently. <laughs> Love that movie actually. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Um, but yeah, uh, we've got the piano, and then um, what? The one thing I thought we were getting from this movie, um, I thought it was just gonna be. Like, the mission. That's it. We're going to jump into yeah. the mission. We're pretty much starting out with the planning. The whole middle of it is them carrying out the mission, obviously. is The end is the mission being completed with them trying to get the plans for the Death Star. But, um, it's actually a uh, character story about Jin. Jin. Um, this kind of rogue-esque... Uh, badass female. I don't mean rogue as in the superhero. I mean like you know you don't really know what team she's playing for. Yeah. Um, and I I think in the trailer they they set up that she's she's a rebel up to this point, but she's a rebel. That's a rebel. She's a rebel rebel. She's a rebel like she, rebel. She's rebelling against the rebellion. She does without her being own in thing. the Empire. So yeah, I don't know. She doesn't want to follow the rebel rebels. without a cause. She's a rebel without a cause. She's going platinum. Um <laughs> 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 uh, anyways, yeah, she is she doesn't like following the rules of the rebellion, but at the same time, you know, she she wants to fight the Empire and put an end to their reign. Um I'm pretty sure that's what they set up in this trailer, and um, she somehow finds her way into this mission. Uh, and we get some pretty awesome visuals throughout this. Uh, oh yeah, this trailer. We oh get, to, get to finally get see ATATs on sand. We get on to a see beach. that is the best reveal in this entire trailer. Is the ATAT because they come out of this hallway mm-hmm. thing, and then it, the camera just panels up, and there they are, just fucking yeah. shit up. Uh, we get to see the <laughs> giant iconic like satellite dish being mounted onto the yes, Death they, Star uh, one. We're talking about uh, construction of the Death Star, classic rebellion, uh, uh, the like, first Death Star helmet type things. Just so no uh, one's confused out there. <laughs> like, since there's multiple Death Stars and it's Star Killer, this is the first one. The this classic old X Wings. Uh, yeah, and that's another thing. Like it felt it felt old. Like yeah. it felt like it was made with Exactly. The rest of like the I mean trilogy. obviously visually it's upgraded, like, you know, oh, it's yeah. H D, you know, it looks clean and new. But at the same time, it's it's all that old stuff. I mean, this I don't is, I don't know if it's the props. I don't know if it's if it's all of that that makes it feel like that, or exactly. or if there's something I, I they actually think that's did. Exactly what it is. It has to be because I mean, if they even like remotely followed J.J. Abrams' lead here, they went heavy. Uh, well, they practical. went heavy uh, practical effects. Uh, they went back and they they made sure that they were meticulous for the movie for episode seven. Mm-hmm. They pretty much followed the exact plans of making uh, Chewbacca's suit. They yeah. could have upgraded it. They could have done new stuff. They could have used CG. But no, the the suit they built was exactly built the way it was back. And in Harrison the 70s. Ford was actually talking about the cockpit of the the Falcon. He was yeah. like, he's like, I thought they were fucked up. On th- like, I thought they changed some things. He's like, yeah. but it's just been so long since I was in there. He's like, no, they kept everything original. The only yeah. thing they upgraded. Was that at the time? <laughs> at the time, they didn't have the budget in the first one. He's like, so all the toggle switches, they had to buy broken toggle switches because yeah. they were cheaper. He's like, so he's like, we'd be filming a scene and you see a toggle switch behind my head slowly drop. <laughs> it was like this time around, I asked him. He's like, do we have the budget for for the springs and the toggle switches? Like, and we did. He's like, so I'm happy. Yeah. So they followed that lead. <laughs> 
at Harrison all. Ford. Like they they went detailed. With yes, this. and they say one hundred percent true and accurate. And from it. the trailer, it looks it looks mostly practical effects. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously the ATATs are like they did not build like you know forty foot. And, and honestly, ATATs. there's a lot of practical stuff that's in uh, that's in episode seven that I thought they used one hundred percent practical, but it's actually a mixture of both. And yeah. They did it so well, I didn't even notice. It's, like, it it's like great. Um, but yeah, if, if they did that in this movie, then, I mean, they, they've just sold me. I mean, it looks like uh, an original mm-hmm. trilogy movie. Oh, yeah. It does not look like... Because there's hey, something about, like, the prequels. The prequels were just way too... Uh, way too CG-ish, in my opinion. Yeah, like, the yeah. prequels, you could tell, even though it was made it by was, Lucas it was, himself... It, it, Do you it ever watch different. those background, uh, the the behind the scenes stuff on uh, the prequels? Yeah, no, no, ninety percent of it. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I have. It's all green screen. Blue screen. Yeah, it's just it's like almost so nothing was actual movement. physical. Oh yeah. It was it, yeah, so unnatural. Yeah, that's, that's, we've talked oh, about that you. before. Yeah, like, it was you who posted the the bloopers thing. Oh yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. There's this awkward moment at the end of that bloopers video where um, uh, Padme. Mm-hmm. Um, why can't I think of her name right now? Oh, what is her name? Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Where yes. Natalie Portman is trying to run the gauntlet, so to speak, uh, in that droid factory, and it's just like blue boxes blue st- yeah. and a blue pole that she's supposed to jump over, and a blue pole that she's supposed to go under. No and wonder she's some of those up because it's... she can't handle it. She's like, "This is ridiculous." And no wonder some of those performances seem so unnatural in the movie because, yeah. like, they had to act. In just a blue room. Yeah, that was exactly. It. They had nothing and to interact with. There's Lucas telling her, he's like, it's going to look good, though. It's going to look gonna... good. Don't worry about it. And it's like, wow, that must have been such. Those must have been such frustrating movies to work on. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we're. it's definitely not gone that route. No. If and it I hadn't think... gone as physical as Episode 7, it mm-hmm. at least definitely has not gone that far. And I feel like by this point, Disney knows, like, we cannot mess this up. Yeah. Like, and I feel like with with all of the Marvel stuff from Iron Man one on, yeah, to you know, I mean Episode seven, like they know the monsters they, they own, know they know yeah. the beasts that are in their possession. <laughs> so they're like, if we mess this up, even the slightest, even these side stories, yeah, they're going to come with their pitchforks and their torches and burn us to the ground. Yeah, um, <coughs> but, and, and they've already set the bar with seven. Oh, they've yeah. already set just such a huge bar with seven. They <clears> they <throat> have to now at least. Toe that line. I just want to make a note that in eight, I really do want to see a scene where she has to carry Luke on her back. <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't think, think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, but he uh, gets shot or something. And I'm, I'm just happy. I'm just happy that Hamill posted that picture of him riding her back. Yeah. I don't. Man. I don't think we're gonna see anything like that. But I do hope that we don't just skip the Jedi training. Yeah. Like, I want to uh, see because even, that could be a real possibility. Even if we don't pick up right there at it, like I want like there be maybe a flashback. In. I want something. I want to see it happen. Yeah. I kind hope of how it happened in, in the training, like in, in the, the middle, middle of it. Of it. Yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm okay with that. Um. That's gonna be great. Yeah, we we completely abandoned Rogue Rogue One to start talking about other the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Rogue One looks really good. Um, this main character, she looks interesting, mm-hmm. um, if not a little derivative, but still interesting enough She's to a keep her. Uh, I know we're getting Akbar in this film. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame because uh, the voice actor died. I know. Uh, so I wonder what they're gonna do. With it. Well, it's obviously already filmed. 
So this might be the last time we see Akbar. I, it probably is. Um, and there's all these rumors going around Darth Vader might be in this. Movie. I feel like I mean this. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Like with, with Darth right Vader time. being such the an iconic only character. Reason I'm. I I don't think it'll go that route. Uh, we might see him, but I don't think he's going to I don't, yeah, this squad. I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to be the main bad guy or anything, yeah. or even if he's going to play a huge role, but we're going to see him. Oh, the Empire's the bad guy. We're going to see him. Yeah, We're going to see him, but I don't think he's going to engage the squad because um, Disney has also been very specific about, like, yes, we're releasing graphic novels, and or we're releasing novels and comic books, and we are not going to ignore them. They affect the Star Wars yep. universe. So whatever happens in these movies affects the books. Whatever happens in the books affects these movies. And Darth Vader is a badass. Like, I mean, we have never seen him so badass than in his, in his uh, main title book. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't buy for one second that, that, that this, like, squadron could encounter Darth Vader and live. Because... An entire like an entire fleet of rebels could not mm-hmm. defeat Darth Vader <laughs> um, in the Vader Down storyline. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I I would not buy it if they run into him and get away, because uh, it just doesn't happen. No, but I, I definitely <laughs> I would just about guarantee we're going to see him at some point. We're going to have yeah. some uh, Darth Vader appearances in this movie. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Guys, I think that's going to do it for us on this podcast. Uh, this one's a little longer Special than what... Special edition for yeah, our first time. Uh, the George, this is the George Lucas edit, um, which is why <laughs> my long-winded thing about Wonder Woman was so terrible. <laughs> and, and then in the future, we're going to be talking... Uh, this one was mainly focused on our books. Yeah. Uh, future episodes, we're going to feature all kinds of things. Whatever's new, but like, like Vincent said, a, like it's been kind of a dry week. Yeah, it's a very dry week for, for news. Um, the Punisher was the biggest thing. Yeah. We, just, um, we gotta get Vinny caught up on all of our TV shows. So we can absolutely, yeah. yeah yes. There's a whole because, thing with that. Because you know, Legend it. Tomorrow is winding down. Uh, we have a few episodes. Left I was watching episode Arrow. to episode, and then I moved, and now all this bullshit is happening with Frontier. Which you know, I don't care. We're we're not sponsored by anyone. We don't get paid to do this. This is all in review, basically. So I'm gonna go ahead and say, don't get Frontier. <laughs> um, uh, we avidly suggest against that. I've had them twice, uh, and the last time, this most recent time, um, they overcharged me. They lied to me. They overcharged <laughs> me. Um, and then they didn't want to do anything about it, and when I argued that point, they hung up on me. Two separate times, Asshole. wasting an entire three hours of my day. So, uh, so as yeah. you can tell, Benny's a little salty. To hell with Frontier. <laughs> Don't. And I've never had Frontier, but fuck them, they're assholes. Yeah, fuck these guys. Uh, cause now I can't watch. I can't watch any of my shows. I yeah. paid one hundred and twenty dollars for not using the internet for two months. Uh, on a bill that was only supposed to be thirty bucks a month, guaranteed not to have any extra charges, is what they told me when they signed me up. So. Uh, and yeah. as far as next week, uh, what can we expect next week's episode? Um, next I feel week's like... episode, there's going to be, there, it's going to get wild, man. There's going to be stunt shows. There's going to be, uh, we're going to get live the video actual, performances. We're going to get to visit the actual Millennium Falcon and midget knife fights. Midget knife fights, like I mean, that's like ninety percent of the episode right there. That's because uh, man, they can go. They've they got go. stamina. <laughs> 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 no, um, but we have, we, we're, I think we're all going to be watching Civil War by that point. 
Correct. Yeah, by that time we've all seen Civil War, so we're going to be talking about Civil War. We're also going to be talking uh, with Marnie about all of the topics that we go over. Mm. Um, we've got we're you can look forward to us talking about wrestling, uh, a few more comic books, um, and then who knows what else? Because yeah. this may have been a dry week, but I mean we've got two weeks till the next episode, which will be coming out on the 18th. Um, these are going to be bi-weekly on every other Wednesday. Um, this one will actually be debuting on May the 4th on uh, Vinny's, Vincent's oh favorite day God, of the year, yeah, uh, National Star Wars Day. You heard him right. talk about how much he loves Star you Wars. Just, you just opened up. I like, just we're added a little extra today. time to this <laughs> you, podcast. You just opened it up. I, was gonna, I wasn't going to say anything. Nope, but, but, but I mean, might as well finish off this uh, uh, this podcast with your thoughts I on Star Wars I wasn't going to say anything day. because of the time and well, the well, wifey. Well, make, make, make it a condensed version. All right, here's my problem with May the 4th. Um, I, I will concede that it is clever wordplay. It's obviously clever wordplay, and I can appreciate that because I do love clever wordplay. Yeah. But in this new generation of fans, the in a world where being a nerd is finally cool and we've all waited for that, the problem is, is that so many of us from the old days of getting our lunch money taken and sitting alone with our comic books are still nerds. We still are very specific about our fandom. Uh, in grade school. I think I may have took it. <laughs> you went to Medina? I think <laughs> You just showed up one day. <laughs> I just showed up. I was hungry and broke. Anyways, um, we, uh, so we're still very specific about our fandom. And a uh, little known fact, uh, irritatingly so, and I know it's a little known fact because... I see it on the internet every May 4th. People legitimately think that this is the day Star Wars came out. No, it is clever wordplay. Star Wars came out May 20 fucking 5th, 1977. And it drives me nuts. Why Why do we have to watch all the movies on May 4th? Why can't we celebrate on its actual birthday? Like, why do we have to designate a certain day to celebrate Star Wars? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I celebrate Star Wars as much. As I, yeah, I'm watching Star Wars all throughout the year. No, no doubt. But if we're going to, if we're gonna do a celebration day, if we're gonna have a Star Wars day, it should be May 25th because it, it breeds be. ignorance in in new fans. It should be, but it's. May the 4th is sparkly, it's fun. It's, yeah, exactly, it's and that's attention. what I'm saying. It, but that's it breeds why. that ignorance that, like, okay, uh, every single fan loves to point out that in- ignorance and make fun of people, but then May the 4th pops around and three-fourths of those fans are fooled by the shiny holiday <laughs> because it sounds pretty. May the 4th be with you. Fuck you. May the 25th be with may- you. <laughs> Hashtag, may the 25th be with you. And you know what? I I don't care how pretentious it makes me. I don't care uh, if it pisses people off. I will be the one-man crusade against May the 4th. And when people... And it happens. When people say, may the 4th be with you, I turn around and I give them the spiel. You're, you're, you're the guy that if somebody says, happy holidays, you're like, no, fuck you. It's yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Or, so thing, or I don't even care about that. You want to say happy holidays? I don't mind. I'll, or Merry or someone tells you Merry Christmas, you're like, "Fuck you, I'm Jewish." Yeah. <laughs> when you're really uh, that, this is my this is my Merry Christmas. Uh, so yeah, uh, May the Fourth is when we're going to be coming at you. That when you're you should be listening to this. I hope uh, on day one. But if not, this is that's when this aired, and I hate it. <laughs> Anyways. Um, 
Guys, if you want to find us on the interwebs, there are a variety of ways. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, um, and on those you can find us as Sort of My Podcast. Otherwise, you can find us on the Sort of My Comics Facebook page or the Sort of My Brand YouTube page. Um, if anything else is set up, we'll make a post on the, the Facebook page, on the Instagram, Twitter. But yeah, check us out on there. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to us, uh, whatever 30 different ways you can get notified that we're doing stuff. We're going to be posting on all these things, posting pictures, uh, sharing news articles, and obviously sharing the podcast. Um, outside of that... Um, Thank you very much for watching. Or well, I'm used to. I'm sorry. I'm used to YouTube. They watched us. They were watching their their <laughs> listening devices the whole time. I, I'm I'm used to making YouTube videos. So uh, let me try that again. Thank you very much for listening to the very first episode of Sort of My Podcast. Uh, my name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human. I am Bob Collins, also known as Boba Fett. I am James Odell, also known as Insert Cool Nickname here. Uh, everyone, we will catch you next time. May the Force be with you! Insert badass oh, after music you. here.